Week one of high school football is in the books. We all knew coming into the 2020 season there were going to be some speed bumps. Now, week two presents its own unique challenges as Mother Nature looks to enforce its will on the Mid-State tomorrow night. So we adjust yet again the theme of 2020 and play on a Thursday. The 1-0 Summit Spartans look to ride the momentum from their comeback win over rival Independence as they host neighboring Spring Hill in their home opener. A couple of things before we begin, since it is a Thursday, are the lights on? Check. Are the players excited to be playing? Double check. Are you ready for Summit Spartan football? Summit Spartans football on the TriStar Sports Radio Network is brought to you in part by The Garbage Man, Parks Motor Sales, Ten Pin Alley, Sands Fence Company, DB's Pizza, Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, Right Care Clinic, Game Time, Kubota of Franklin, Beck Dental, Holland's Pharmacy, Quickmark Convenience Stores, Brown's Body Shop, Davis Heating and Cooling, and by Apex Bank. Time for Spartans football with Matt Rogers. Here's Mike Epley. Point seven FM, also on TriStarSportsRadio.com. Just click the link to listen. I'm Mike Epley alongside colored commentator for this year, 2001 Rose Bowl champ with the Washington Huskies, and American Idol season three finalist, Matt Rogers. We're just as excited to, to deliver it as you are to receive it. Now it's a bombing 88 degrees. It feels like 101 on the field. There's rain in the forecast, but we will see. Welcome in. Yes, it's a Saturday evening, or should I say afternoon, here in Tennessee. I feel like uh, the SEC game of the meet week. Uh, Matt, welcome in. Thanks for having me, man. It's like uh, that that song by Travis Tritt just keeps replaying in my head. It's a great day to be alive. I can't believe we're out here right now. It is hotter than blazes out there on the field but uh, absolutely feeling blessed to be here and excited, man. You could actually feel the energy, even though crowd is maybe at 25, 30% capacity right now. Yeah, I did talk to Justin Lamb and about the pads. Uh, if you're, you're not able to practice in this heat with, um, with pads, but game day, everything's out. So I didn't, I didn't know that. I learned that today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think, I mean, just by watching both teams warm up, you can definitely feel and, I mean, visually see a difference in the way Spartan's been warming or the Summit Spartan's been warming up versus the Spring Hill Raiders. Um, I don't want to predict it too early, but it just looks like two different football teams out there. Summit looks ready to go. They look in shape, man. They look hyped up. As we dove right into the last season and last week, what a phenomenal game as Summit squeaked by Indy 40-34 to with just seconds to go. Just a miraculous performance by junior quarterback Destin Wade, who crossed the 500-yard mark in total offense. As 2020 continues to put its mark on this year, Summit will push its game back one night due to the aftermath of Hurricane Laura, and we scheduled it for Thursday. So this rivalry, as you mentioned, Matt, comes into town, Spring Hill 0-1, kind of reeling a little bit, but... As I welcome you into the booth, this is a tough question. We come out Thursday, we 
warm up for a couple of minutes and everyone goes in Friday. We think it might be played back on Friday, the original date, and now we're here Saturday afternoon. What does that do for the football team and Coach Coleman? Uh, this is where it comes down to discipline in the coaching. It's not the ideal situation for anybody, for both teams, players and coaches. So I think the most important thing that the coaches had to hammer out is what are you going to do Thursday night? What are you going to do Friday night? Keep them tight, keep them together, and make sure that they stay disciplined. And I think Coach Coleman and, and the Summit Spartans did a great job. I mean, they looked really, really good out there. And going back to last week, I had never seen a single player dominate mm. like that in a game. Referring back to myself, when we made our Rose Bowl one, uh, our Rose Bowl run in 2000, uh, our quarterback Marcus Tuiasasobo ran for 200 yards and passed for 300 yards against Stanford and got you know the mm. Pac-10 Player of the Week. It remind it took me back 20 years ago. He, Wade looked phenomenal. I couldn't believe that. I mean, down. 16 points late in the third quarter against a huge crosstown rival in their house. I mean, I was screaming from Georgia with my wife watching that game on YouTube. I, I said to her, I go, Summit has about a 5% chance of winning this game. And I'll be darned if <laughs> Dustin Wade did not take that game over, man. That was awesome. Last week, the Raiders lost their home opener to Columbia 27-3, which will be Summit's next week opponent at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. Summit has a two-game winning streak versus Spring Hill, and the overall series stands Spring Hill 5, Summit 4. Once again, Summit opened in 2010, so this will mark the 10th season for Summit. As I mentioned last week, Summit's coming off uh, its best performance last year with the state championship runner-up finish. The only loss with quarterback Wade under center to Knox Central 30-7, to and they would like to continue the momentum with Wade, who is an absolute beast, as you mentioned, in the border battle last week versus Indy. So Wade's won one deal. But what else did you hear to make you a believer, uh, Matt, that they could get back to the state championship game this season? Well, coming from a coach, after I played, I got into coaching. And you need to take one game at a time as a coach, and you have to instill that in your kids, especially your high school kids. The past is the past. You put that behind us. We build off of that. And we can use some of that as motivation going into this year. But I'll tell you what. This week, and I know Coach Coleman has been doing it, it's all about getting by Spring Hill and not taking it for granted. I'll take the fact that we're five, uh, that they've won five and we've only won four. You use that for fuel. You've got to get by this game before we start thinking about November and December. But I'll tell you this, optimistically speaking about how do we get back to the state uh, this year, it's easy, man. You have two of the, t- of the top ten best players in Tennessee mm. in the Wade brothers. Like I said on Thursday night, you want camaraderie with your team, mm-hmm. and these two are brothers, which means they eat together, sleep together, have the same parents, same rules. You can't dream up of a better situation than that. And the mm-hmm. fact that 75% of this team is underclassmen, it is a dream come true. So needless to say, like I said on Thursday, Summit's best days are ahead of them, and all of the pieces are lining up for a state championship run. But, again, you got to get by little tough games like this. We're going to rise for the national anthem. We are. We're going to take a commercial break. We'll be back. Summit, Spring Hill coming up next on 101.7 FM. Welcome back in. You're listening live to 101.7 FM. Mike Epley, Matt Rogers on the call. Summit, Spring Hill rivalry game. This is game number two for Summit. A big win versus Indy last week. As we mentioned, um, COVID, let's talk a little bit about COVID because that 
could be the factor in deciding this football season. Coach Coleman, I spoke to him earlier. No players has tested positive yet on the team. That's a check. Summit was limited just to conditioning in June with no helmets. Had a lot of control over the players uh, to where they went, and uh, he liked that. He also mentioned that uh, Coach Coleman, should I say Coach Coleman, wanted the team to play on the 21st because the kids have earned the right and not waiting until September 18th. Just to know if a family member tests positive, the player will be out 14 days. If a player in a particular group, let's call it an offensive line, um, test positive, the entire group sets out 14 days. If you have enough players to participate, you will play the next game. So that's COVID, Matt. Uh, yeah, it, you know, it's funny. Coming from the West Coast, I've lived in Tennessee now just four and a half years. I was talking to a really good friend of mine who was at one of the top high schools back in California last night, and he just asked me straight up. He goes, Rogers, what are you, how are you playing football right now? What are you guys doing for COVID? And I told him the rules. And, you know, I always try to see things as they are, not worse than they are. And living here is a completely different culture and mindset than the West Coast. I mean, they're completely locked down. So, being a coach or player on the West Coast, I mean, you're sitting at home and you're watching everyone else play, and it's a terrible, terrible, you know, spot to be in. Like I said before, I feel super blessed for our kids, our parents, our schools to be out here and to be playing, and you just don't know. You don't know uh, what this is going to bring. I can tell you this. I'm, I'm proud to be living in Tennessee. I'm proud that we've moved forward. I, I was proud of our governor when he announced it a few uh, a few weeks ago that we are going to have high school football. And as a parent, a principal, uh, an administrator, you do the best you can. And as you're looking in the crowd right now, they've done a great job. You have orange seats, which are off limits. You cannot sit in the orange seats. And they've done a good job of social distancing from the gray seats. You can sit in the gray seats. Everyone mandatory wearing a mask. And look at, at the end of the day, you let your kids play. You pray over them. You hope for the best. Whatever you believe in, bring that energy towards your kids, and that's the best you can do. And and I'm proud that we're doing it. I'm proud that we're here. The offense for Summit, Brian Coleman, head coach, offensive coordinator, would like to run the ball 90%, but ideally he would want to be at 70. Spring Hill will probably load the box with eight to try to stop the run, like last week versus Columbia. With that being said, Summit's going to get to the outside with sweeps and screens, you would think. Summit versus Indy week one. Here's Coach Coleman's assessment. We, I was pleased with Wade's ability to read the defense in the passing game, and Kerouac was a big surprise coming in and running the football, converting a long third down to keep the game going. And then Wade arrived back from the sideline after a cramp and scored uh, from, a, I believe, a third and nine to take the uh, – uh, go-ahead uh, touchdown over Indy. So he wasn't shocked, though, in the cramps, and you expect that to happen again this week. But he said it doesn't matter how much you hydrate, it's going to happen. Wade overall, 14 of 20, 257 yards, four touchdowns. Pierce, four receptions, 140 yards, two touchdowns. Rushing as a team, 46 carries, 322 yards. First downs, 28 total. Wade rushing the football 23 times for 249, two touchdowns. Cotton, the starting running back, nine carries for 18 yards. So there you go, Matt. Unbelievable when you read those stats off. I mean, for a single player to just take over like that, 
uh, at the high school level against a crosstown rival again. Truly unbelievable. I can tell you this tonight. Coach Coleman, fingers crossed, he wants Wade on the bench by the third quarter. I can promise you that. And the way he's going to try to do that is, like you said, the outside sweeps, counters, bouncing outside, and put the ball in Cotton's hands and Hunter's, uh, Trey Hunter's hand. You're going to use Trey Hunter as a bruiser up the middle, and you're going to use Cotton and his speed to get to the outside. Again, expect some quick passes from De- uh, Destin Wade to get the ball out of his hands. Against a rival like this, you don't want to take him for granted. You don't want to chalk up the dub yet. But you do want to see your team and you want to see your, your top players hopefully on the bench by the third quarter and give Destin Wade the least amount of opportunity to get hit today as he plays in this super hot weather, man. It is. in the defense, Alex Melton, six-year, came in with Coleman. Indy had 423 total yards against Summit. But they didn't score on their last three possessions. Two were three and out. Coach Coleman said, it's Melton's show. I'm just a cheerleader. He's one of the best DCs in the state because I've seen how good he is with in-game adjustments. I don't ever need to go over there in a defensive timeout. Overall, we were sloppy, and we didn't have gap discipline and was surprised with the big plays in the passing game from Indy over the top. Spring Hill has the skill, guys, just as athletic, but it's going to be tough for the offensive line to hold their blocks against Summit. Well, when we talk about uh, the D.C. Melton, that is a head coach's dream, to just be able to rely on your D.C. And for Coleman to make a statement like, look, man, I don't even go into the huddle when uh, during a timeout. I just let him do his thing. That's all you could ask for as a head coach, to completely trust your defensive coordinator to get it done. And as you saw last week, Melton and the Spartan defense did get it done. To be in a crosstown rival's house and to hold them and completely shut them down in the fourth quarter to put your offense and your best player on the field in a position to win the game and do that, that's exactly what Melton did. And I'll just say this. I was at practice on Tuesday, and I asked Coach Coleman after. I said, who was that coach over there? He goes, man, he goes, that's my D.C. That's Melton right there. That's my boy. He knows what he's doing. As you can hear the crowd cheering right now, but Melton is one of the most enthusiastic coaches I've seen, and I expect a big night from him and his defensive backs today. The Summit Spartans head to the sideline wearing the blue jerseys and white pants and white helmet with the Spartan logo. They will receive the football, the injury report. Keaton Wade will not go. Six foot four, 230-pound outside linebacker. Out six to seven weeks with the foot injury. Um, Kanata works will not go senior cornerback out ankle spring could play this game but will return versus Columbia so that's the injury report and Matt we're about to get underway here uh, for Summit's first home game of the season yeah and like we said you know when you talk about Keaton Wade on the sidelines second best player in Tennessee preseason rank I think it shows a lot of courage I think it shows a lot of um, what's the word I'm looking for just good coaching ability for Coleman to have the guts to sit your best player because it's what's best for his future. And, that, I mean, that's a big deal to put him on the sideline. King and Cotton back for Summit. Spring Hill will kick. White jerseys, white pants. You need it in the heat here, and you are listening live on TriStarSportsRadio.com and 101.7. Mike Epley, Matt Rogers, and we are away. A short kick picked up. From about the 19-yard line, we'll start at the 31. So as the starters come on the field for Summit, Destin Wade, Jr., 6'5", 215 pounds. Ja'Kalen Cotton will start at tailback, 5'10", 180. 
on the offensive line. Left to right, left tackle, Matthew Mullen. Left guard, Sam Jewell. Center, Tyler Garble. Um, left, or should I say right guard, Cooper Cook and Ryan Smith. And the shotgun formation for Destin Wade. We've talked a lot about him, and he is ready to go, and he's going to fire one across the middle. Wide open to the 50, 40. And down to the 30, and there you go, boom, hitting the tight end, Max Maddox Reed across the middle. How about that gap protection from the offensive line up front? Quick release by Destin Wade, which, again, that's what we talked about. That's exactly what Coleman wants to do, get the ball out of Destin's hands as fast as possible for a 50-yard game up the gut. Yeah, I think officially it would have been a 31. That's a big play. Matt, just right up the scene, they just lost him on a hot route. Absolutely. I think you're going to see that all night. I do not think the Raiders' DBs can handle the passing game of the Spartan offense. Well, what you don't want to have happen is for Spring Hill, if you get down to this team, it's going to be tough sledding as they send man in motion. Switzer will hand off and a nice play in the backfield made by Kathy. He's a senior. Yeah, he just came off the outside, left tackle, did not see him come up. And as you said in the pregame, they're going to try to work the perimeter. They're going to try to get caught in the ball to the outside. And unfortunately for the Spartans, it did not pay off right there. Offensive line are going to have to pay, uh, play with their eyes up. Kerouac was actually the tailback on that play for Summit in a loss of six, second and 16, zero to zero, a minute into the game. Wade will fire, complete across the middle. Jukes one, two, and an ankle tackle on his right ankle will be Caleb Jolly. He's back to about the 28, so it'll be third and eight for Summit. Just a nice quick slant right there. It looked like on that play that the Raiders were in cover three, which is exactly what you want to do. It looks like Coleman's doing a great job of reading the defense, and as they say, take what the defense gives you, and that's what they did right there. He went for it on two fourth downs on the first drive against Indy last week. We'll see what Wade does here. And, whoa, we got a contact at the line of scrimmage, and I believe it's going to be offsides on the defense. Yeah, (laughs) you see a little trash talk going on up there up front. Uh, Obviously, the Raiders were offsides, and he tried to cover it up by screaming in the center's face. But, uh, you know, your your center right there, (laughs) Gerber, is not going to be having that. Yep, and wide receivers, as we mentioned, Maddox Reed starting tight end for the first year. Six foot five, two twenty five. Switzer, Pierce, and Jolly will be on the outside for Summit. We're about a minute fifty in, zero to zero. As Summit driving the football, third and three, and we'll hit a misdirection and bring Switzer back. To about the 18, and he's got it by yard. Yeah, you see, Coleman is coming out in the same offensive formation every time. Two receivers to one side, and on the other side, you're going to see a tight end and another receiver, and then just your your single back. And he's, he's going to be reading those defensive ends to see what type of run play is going to work, and that one paid off. Jolly will go outside. Along with him will be Pierce. Pierce was the big man, as we mentioned, 140 yards last week. Hands off to Kerouac. He gets tackled, and there's a flag from the official behind this Spring Hill defense. I'm a little surprised to see Kerouac as, as the starting running back. I didn't see that coming at all. I thought it was going to be Cotton. Are you surprised by that at all? A little bit. Uh, I, they do know. I know. You know, on the defensive side, you're going to use Cotton quite a bit, especially Wirtz being out as well. So. We'll see Kerouac. He was very pleased with his performance last week as well. I think you will see Cotton in 
for sure, but just depending on how the game goes. And this is going to be a penalty against Summit, a 10-yard penalty. So it will be first and 10 on the 28 of Spring Hill. So that sets them back. Shotgun trips left. Wade all day. Wade is still looking wide open. No one's there, and Wade missed him. He threw it out of the end zone. Yeah, he had all the time in the world right there. Spring Hill only brought three rushers, and as Wade kind of rolled to the left, which was the side that they lined up those trips receivers, in the beginning, Spring Hill did a good job, but it looks like um, looks like Jolly squeaked through right down the seam, and unfortunately he was overthrown. Yeah, they lost Jolly, who's six foot four, 200 pounds on the outside, and that was great protection by the offensive line. Is Coach Coleman's calling the shots, and he's also calling uh, the offensive line uh, as well as he's the O-line coach for Summit. Second and a long across the middle to the left and complete. It's going to be a yard short, but it's caught by Caleb Jolly, so it'll be third and one. Great read right there by Wade. Richie Mack, they did the opposite of what they did last play, and they blitzed, and Richie Mack, the uh, linebacker for Spring Hill, slipped right through the C-gap, and Wade got rid of it right away for a first down. So third and one, and we have a whistle, another flag. And offsides on Spring Hill give Summit the first down in the red zone and inside the 10. It's good to see Wade make those reads, too, because like Coach Coleman said to us a couple weeks ago, Wade wants to be a quarterback. A lot of colleges are recruiting him for other positions, and he's like, no, no, no. I want to show you that I'm the best quarterback in the nation. And it's small little things like that, reading the defense, reading the blitz, getting uh, getting rid of the ball, and getting a first down right there that makes him one of the top guys. 8.50 left, first quarter, 0 0 Summit driving. Summit on about the four-yard line will hand off to Kerouac. He tries to cut back up the middle, and he's going to cross the goal line and touchdown Summit on their first drive. Nice run by Kerouac from four yards. Great job right there by the right side. That's Cooper Cook, Ryan Smith making it happen, making the hole for Kerouac to do his thing and dive in for the touchdown right at the end. Great start for the Summit Spartans. And they're going to go quick and hike the ball. Oh, a swinging gate, right? It's over to the left side, <laughs> and it's going to work. It's over to Switzer and give them two points. So we're going to take our first commercial break. We'll be back in 30 seconds. You're listening to Summit Spartans Football and TriStar Sports Radio Network. Welcome back in 101.7 TriStar Sports Radio.com. Mike Epley, Matt Rogers on the call here as Summit drove down the field from 31, a 69-yard drive, touchdown drive, capped off by Kerouac, coming up the right back to the middle for the touchdown, across the goal line, and then the little swing gate play out to Switzer. So it's 8-0, to nice drive for Coach Coleman. Beautiful drive. I don't think as a coach you can dream up a better situation than what just happened right there. They had a couple small mistakes and uh, 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 illegal procedure and a holding downfield, but other than that, I mean, that was pretty much the perfect drive Quick uh, release by Wade, a lot of gap protection, three-step drop, and um, running on the outside. Everything seems to be working full go for the Spartans. Cooper Hall will set it up on the 40-yard line as Summit will kick off. 839-80 lead over Spring Hill, and it will go to Prowl. It bounces at the 6. He gets it at the 10, 15, and he breaks one tackle. He's still going Roughed up out of bounds at about the 28-yard line. So that's where Spring Hill will take the snap. And we 
are going to go to the defensive starters for your Summit Spartans. Trey Hunter, Jesse Brimmeyer, and Maddox Reed will be across the front. Brimmeyer is the two-year starter. The linebackers, Zach Switzer, Gavin Wells, Jacob Turner, and Caleb Jolly. Jolly and Wells are second-year starters. We'll get to the corners in just one second as Spring Hill will line up in a pistol set. Send a man in motion. That's Prowl. Going to fake it to him. Give it back underneath. And going absolutely nowhere as Jolly makes the tackle on Seacrest. Jolly's making his name known so far in this game on the offense and then right there on the defense making a play. They tried to run the counter to the right side and then they switched it back with the left side and uh, Jolly was not fooled. Good job. And the secondary, uh, Ja'Kalen Cotton and Noah Phelps will get the start for the Spartans as we are now looking, and he has Aiden Bird in there as well. So Bird is out with the Summit Spartans as they're going to give a jet sweep, actually a toss. This is going to be a pass play. We have a flag, a nice gain for for Alderson, but that's one of those pop passes you see. If you drop it, it's incomplete. Yep. So it's 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 a very safe play, but – the whistle, a nice gain of 12 yards for Spring Hill, but I believe we're going back. I got to tell you, I'm a little surprised by the first two play calls being runs. I saw Summit practicing on Tuesday, and they're running a lot of cover two, a lot of cover three, because they think that Spring Hill is going to spread that field out and use their athletes to get the ball in the open field and just let their athletes make plays. And we have... Austin Gruder's out there, too, for Summit to join Brady Pierce. So that's the secondary for Summit is now Spring Hill first and 16. And we got another whistle is Luca Boylan, the senior quarterback, six foot four, 220. And another false start. This is not what you want if you're Spring Hill against Summit. I can tell you just from the outside looking in, little things that I've noticed, Spring Hill hit the locker room 30 minutes before they took the field. Spring Hill already has three penalties, and they've gone backwards more than forwards. This is not looking good for the Raiders and great for the Spartans. Yes. (laughs) Second and 21, 743 first quarter, eight for Summit, zero for Spring Hill. Waggle to the left, the lefty a throw, and it's complete at the 22 and knocked out of bounds. Nice catch by Martin as he'll go back to about the 30, the original line of scrimmage. How about that little receiver as a freshman right there, too? And he's got some quicks and some moves, and that's exactly what Coach Coleman thought that Spring Hill was going to do. They're going to spread that uh, they're going to spread that field out, and they're going to try to get their athletes the ball in open field. So, uh, Tackling drills for the Spartans are going to be big this week. It's going to be third and nine on the 29. You're going to need to get this because if not, the Spartans will get the football back and they elect to run it and it's going to go nowhere. An interesting play call is Seacrest goes back two yards. I got to tell you, Epley, I don't understand that play call at all. The only thing that has been working for the Raiders is the pass. And you, I'm telling you right now, you are not going to run up the gap with big number 40, Jesse Brimmeyer. He's the nastiest player on the field, and he can handle the A-gap better than most high school defensive linemen right now. 
The punt returner will be Zach Switzer, grandson to Barry Switzer. He'll be will be at the 35-yard line. Await the punt. 6:57. The clock is ticking. Eight for Summit. Zero Spring Hill, and the kick from Brett Hughes, and it's not going to be a good one. Downed at the 48 of Summit. Another short kick. The opening kickoff was short. That punt was really, really short. I mean, I don't know, like 15 yards maybe. And again, this is exactly what Summit wanted when you're dreaming up how you want the game to go. They score on the first drive, and then, unfortunately, Spring Hill for them goes three and out. And uh, I'd expect – I'm just going to predict a touchdown within three plays here for the Spartans. Well, you you got got the win for Wade out there, and he is the big-time recruit. And we'll hand off to Kerouac up the middle. Kerouac, uh, 360 move and gets him four yards. Kerouac's still out there. Surprising, man. We have not seen Cotton carry the ball yet. But, again, he fakes the counter to the right and then gives that little trap up the middle to the left side, and uh, it worked for him. I did talk to Coach Coleman. He does not like two-way players that much. So, if he can keep it to where – Cotton plays one side, especially with Wirtz being out. He's gonna, ha- he's the corner for them, so we might not see him too much. And a pass by Wade, a little bit too far. He's got to hit that. That's the bubble screen we talked about, Brandon King. So Wade has not looked himself just yet in the first quarter. Yeah, he's missed uh, that on that first drive. He overthrew Jolly, and right there he was a little bit ahead of King. And to keep my prediction alive, I'm going to need a touchdown right here at Please. Can we do it? Can we do it? Well, it's the 47 of Spring Hill. It will be third and six. Summit ahead, 8-0, 5-43, first quarter, and it's going to be Wade. Wade's got all day. Is he going to run it? He fakes one. He's still behind the line of scrimmage. Wade's going to heave. Got him. And he's wide open. Let's go. Shot by Matt Rogers and a touchdown. And (laughs) your bet is good. It's good. It's good money in Vegas. Brandon King on the reception. Touchdown from Wade. You just call me the chubby, bald Tony Romo of high school football right there. How great was that? The athleticism of Wade. First of all, let me give credit to the offense of line. Sure. Wade had all day. One guy snuck through about five seconds into the pass pro. He rolled to the right and hit that wide open guy. And I don't even know who it was because I was screaming so hard. It was King and Crane was set for the kick and the extra point is good. So now 15 zip. Summit leaves Spring Hill. You are listening to Summit Spartans football on TriStar Sports Radio Network. Welcome back in. We're live. Here with Summit, 101.7 FM. We appreciate everyone listening. It's going to be a fun ride, depending on how long the season plays out. Summit Spartans, runner-up last year in the state championship, and all indications are they're going to get back. Mike Epley and Matt Rogers on the call, the guru, Matt Rogers, (laughs) after he calls the shot that Summit will score in three plays, and exactly on the third play, Wade heaves one to King down the right side for 47 yards. A good throw from Wade. He released it at the 50. It landed at the two, so that's a 48-yard pass. That's footage. I know he didn't just step up and throw it. He's kind of on the run, too, so that was a good-looking throw by Wade. Absolutely. A couple things that I noticed as a coach here is he looked so comfortable and so confident 
Like he knew that his offensive line had him protected, and then when that one guy snuck through a little bit, he rolled to the right. He just knew. It's almost like, you know, I don't mean to overhype it too much, but you just knew when Barry Sanders touched the ball there was going to be a touchdown. It's almost like, you know, high school-wise, when the ball's in Wade's hand, you're just constantly anticipating a touchdown. And like you said, that is great high school uh, footage for him showing that these top recruiters in the nation, I don't want to be a running back. I don't want to be a defensive back. I want to be your quarterback. Why is everyone on Wade? I mean, you, you've been recruited before. Size is the first thing that comes to mind, but, but there's also intangibles for Wade as well. I would say the first thing that I've noticed watching him is poise. Yeah. He's got poise. He's calm. He's cool. He's collective. He doesn't do any, you know, nowadays you got to talk about this stuff. He doesn't do anything stupid on social media for people who watch him. I mean, for you kids out there listening, your social media is everything, what you're putting out there. And, you know, Wade put out a good product. I mean, you can trust a guy like that to run your team. And on top of that, you go to the state championship as a sophomore. You're coming out swinging as a junior. You just come off of one of the biggest games of your high school career, single-handedly winning it, and that's why they're looking at him. Martin will bobble the football at the 15. He's going to go backwards to the 10 down the right side, and he's uh, corralled down back at about the 15-yard line, so not good field position. A pretty good kick as they bring in Hall to kick off, and it's 5-19 first quarter, 15-0 Summit leads spring hill i can tell you this right now if i was wearing a white jersey and i was a raider they are sucking wind right now it is hot i think you said what is it like a feels like 102 yep 100 101 102 out there mm-hmm. i mean just for me carrying the equipment from the car to the field look at i'm not the poster child of uh, health and beauty here <laughs> but at the same time i mean i'm a little bit in shape but by the time i got here which is only 40 what feet away from the stadium i was sweating huffing and puffing i can't imagine what those kids are feeling well let's see if bowling's gonna huff and puff he's gonna do that little pop pass to the left side they're gonna try to block jolly it takes two to block jolly and his teammate will come over and that's Gruders to run him out of bounds. Raiders going back to the well there. That play worked for them on the first drive, but unfortunately they got a penalty. And it worked for them right there. Maybe. Got a gain of a yard. But um, I'm, I'm still I'm surprised that Spring Hill's not throwing the ball. Well, statistically, that's a pass. Yeah, but but I know oh, what you're saying. Oh, I know what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but, but down, you mean downfield. Yeah, exactly. I thought, I thought like right now they're in. Okay, they're going to. Well, still, they have two backs back there. I expected them to spread the field out more and air it up downfield, which they're going to have to, being down by 15 with you know less than seven minutes on, on the game clock that's been gone so far. 5-11, going to hand it off, Seacrest. Oh, what a collision and bounced off, and you didn't wrap up Seacrest, and he's going to be one yard short. Trey Hunter would like to have that tackle back. Yeah, he missed a tackle there. We saw a late flag. I don't know why. But, again, surprised that they continue to run up the gut. I don't think that's going to bode well for them very long in this game, especially when you have your three big seniors, Hunter, Brimmeyer, and Reed up front. And uh, I'm a little surprised by the Raiders so far, but it looks like they're going to get the first down. Yeah, and Coach Coleman would not be pleased with this. And take a listen, because one player just got a personal foul penalty on Coleman, and he will not stand for that. And we might see the player exit center stage in a minute. Yeah, and, you know, he, he's a coach that's no nonsense. But one thing he did say when I talked to him, he is not taking this game for granted. He's not chalking it up as a dub yet. And he said, look, anything can happen. If we make stupid mistakes to keep them in the game, the Raiders have athletes that can make big plays, and that's probably why he's even more, more ticked off. 15-zip is the score. And if almost a fumble exchange is – 
quarterback running back did not get it uh, where I don't know if Martin wanted to carry it or Bolin wanted to run it. Either way, they got a yard. So far, Melton's done a great job at adjusting to the game plan, if you will, because when I saw him on Tuesday, everything they did on defense was de- uh, defensive back, defensive back, planning for the pass up field, and I don't think we've seen one yet, have we? Mm-mm. Four minutes, eight seconds, first quarter, 15-0. to zero. Summit leads Spring Hill, and here comes Bolin, waggles nice. left, and they do get jolly, but a bad pass behind the intended receiver, Herring, Joe Herring, the sophomore, but they're really having to put a lot of people to block Jolly. There's two out there on him trying to get the quarterback outside. Yeah, Jolly is definitely a star so far in this game, especially on defense. He's the outside backer, crept up at the last second on the line and blitzed the outside. Two guys couldn't hold him, forced the quarterback to get rid of the ball early, and it didn't bode well. And Epley, he looks like he's a little shaken up. Jolly doesn't look too happy. Third and eight, a big third down. We're going to say nine from the 43 of Spring Hill. Throwing and bad pass is didn't set his feet there. And Kelly, it was incomplete, basically at the shoes, bad pass by Bowling. Yeah, they only brought three there, and they still put pressure on the quarterback. This is looking good for the Spartans. Looks like the punt team is coming out there, and they didn't even need to blitz that time to put pressure on them. That means they can rush three, drop eight in the backfield to cover the pass, and when you got five or six offensive linemen up front and you can't block three guys, that is the most frustrating thing in the world for an offensive line coach. Hughes will be the punter. He's going to let it go at the 30, end over end to Summit's 40 and probably out of bounds at the 38. It was nowhere near Switzer at the 20. I did see their kicker warming up, the Spring Hills kicker that is warming up, and he looks fantastic. Unfortunately, these first three kicks have been short, and um, what they're going to have good field position again for the Spartans. What does it look like the 39 coming out? Yeah, it will be as 341 in the first quarter. It's 15 to zip. Summit leads Spring Hill 31, 48, 38, respectively. I'll tell you this, That's Mike. The, I was just yeah. going to say, just, just looking at the Spartans right now, the O-line getting ready, none of them are breathing hard. None of them are hanging their head. And you can look across the field at Spring Hill sideline. Their helmets are off. They're huffing and puffing. They're hanging their head. They look frustrated. Just the dynamic between the teams, it's, it's like night and day. Mullen, Jewel, Garber, Cook, and Smith, none play defense either. So that, that will help as well. I mean, you might see them come in as the season progresses for sure. 341 if you're just tuning in to 101.7. We appreciate it. Mike Epley, Matt Rogers on the call as we have a afternoon game uh, Like I said, I mentioned in the pregame, I feel like it's the SEC game of the week. (laughs) Right? You got to, I mean, you got to respect the Spartan coaching staff, too, because, I mean, you have three or four players who can definitely go both ways in this game. And Coach Coleman just won't do it. It gives an opportunity for young guys to step up, take a spot, get better. And like we said before, 75% of the Spartans team is underclassmen. I think they only have 12 seniors on the team. So uh, it's a good day and a good opportunity to be a Summit Spartan to get on the field. 15-0 is the score, and you don't expect a lot 
for these players to be to go two ways. It's 92 degrees. The sun is beaming down on the field. You are, it, we mentioned, feels like 102. So that, there's a lot going on here. I watch little. I watch little things. Um, little things that I notice. One little thing that I notice: every single Summit Spartan is standing up on the sideline, helmet on in the game, and it doesn't look that way at all on the other sideline. Carolac's going to stay at running back off the right hip of Wade from the 39 in the shotgun. That's where Wade's going to be the majority of his time at quarterback. Yeah, I do know that they will go under center if needed for, for a half yard, whatever, um, or, or short yardage situation, should I say. Kerouac goes off the right side for five yards, brings up second down on Summit's 44. Summit ran that play. I think it was the first play of the game, and they got nowhere. And now here we are, two short drives later, and it's a gain of about four or five. That's exactly what Coleman wants. He wants to run the football with his running back, not his quarterback. And those gains that were pretty much nothing in the beginning of the game are now starting to turn into four- and five-yard gains. I will say kudos to the fan base of Summit. They've showed up in full force here on Saturday. Up the middle, Kerouac. Backwards for two yards. Nice play by Spring Hills. Uh, interior line, and now it's going to be third and eight. Yeah, Tennessee high school football is alive and well in the south, and that's one thing that you asked me earlier on in making that state run for Summit. Community is a big uh, a big part of that, and you know, having fans, having a crowd, drawing a fan base is big, and Summit does that. 308, first quarter. 15 zip. Wade, pressure. Wade's going to get a lewd one. Wade's going to spin around. Can he get to the first down marker? And he does. He tiptoed all his way and got smoked out of bounds. And we'll see where the marker is. But hang on. The official is going to say he's two yards short. Uh, Definitely don't agree with that call. Uh, But I don't know what they're doing. You could expect Coleman to probably go for it. But, again, why is Destin Wade so great? They blitzed him. They brought five. He eluded two tackles and then ran over someone at the end, but uh, I think they cut him a little short there. Well, they're going to hike it up to Kerouac. Kerouac, can he get to the marker? He can't. I think he's going to be short, and Summit needed four, uh, two yards on the 47, and Spring Hill might have it in Summit territory. Yeah, Coleman doesn't want to see that from his offensive line. That should have been a first down all day. Oh. Spring Hill wasn't even set up. It was the right call. The play was there, and uh, it's just a couple missed blocks up front, man. Mm, tough to turn the ball over on downs. I'm surprised the, co- the coaches aren't flipping out on the summit side. That's kind of two, two iffy spots there, and uh, maybe that's why they put me up in the booth. I'm not on the field anymore. Well, I could tell you, Wade <laughs> – was really close, and, and maybe he, he had a better view on it on the far side, the Spring Hill side, but now in the pistol formation, Bowling's pressure down. Jolly gets him down for a loss of 10. There he is, Caleb Jolly, same as last series, creeps up by uh, right at the end on the outside, and they tried to do a fake counter to the right with a boot rolling out to the left, and Jolly was not fooled, nailed the quarterback there for a loss of, what, 10? Fantastic play by Caleb Jolly. He is unbelievable. I can tell you right now, defensively, he has got Spring Hill in a dilemma. 217 first quarter, 15 0. Summit leads Spring Hill. Second down and 20 
on the 42. They're going to run it and going nowhere. Brimmeyer is back there also with Reed, a loss of five. That's the man, the nasty one himself, number 45, 10, 240, the A-gap monster, Jesse Brimmeyer. You ain't going nowhere. And again, I don't mean to beat a dead horse. I'm shocked that Spring Hill keeps trying to do this. Not one pass thrown upfield, down by 15. I just don't get it, Epley. I don't get it at all. You saw Bowling go to the outside. They've not taken a shot down the field. It's been mostly in the flats, which are 5 or 10 yards off the line of scrimmage. 137, the clock's going third and 25, and they're going to run it. And there's nowhere near the first down marker. You just don't want a penalty, and they're going to. the word is concede. They're going to concede it to Summit. Prowl goes out of bounds. He gets back up to the 44 only an eight-yard, check that six-yard game. I got to be honest, man, I'm at a loss. You're going to have the 3-4 defense by Summit. You got Switzer and Jolly crowding the line from the outside. So basically, you got seven in the box right there. um, Pippold, the safety, creep down. So you got eight guys in the box, and you're still trying to run the football. I don't get it. 119 is, once again, the third consecutive drive with the punt this is a good one it gets back to switzer at the 19 switzer goes left runs into a spring hill defender upended at the 24 so mr wade and his friends come back out for the fourth time summit's going to have their worst field position so far at the 24 yard line and it's going to be interesting to see what coleman does here is he going to take a quick shot but probably not like you said 90 10 he wants to run the ball 90 percent of the time and he doesn't want wade to run the ball today he wants it he wants his running backs to do it. So, big test here for the offensive line to make it happen. We mentioned Wade rushing for over 200 yards in game number one, over 20 attempts. He had to do it <laughs> and that game to win it. Right now, they're in a comfortable spot, 107, first quarter, 15 zip. Man in motion will be King. King's going to sit down off the right side and block for Kerouac, and this is not working. And a Gain of two for Kerouac. It's not. Uh, Coach Coleman said, I don't like to dictate my offense based off of what the defense does. I'm going to do my offense and make the defense adjust, and that's exactly what he's doing. But unfortunately, they're stacking eight guys in the box. They're creeping that outside safety down, which arguably you got maybe nine nine in the box, but he's still trying to run that weak side uh, counter, and it did not work there. Wade shotgun, 35 seconds left in the first quarter. Wade's going to throw it uh, across the middle, off the fingertips. And Summit sideline wanted a hold. They don't, they're not going to get it. Tanner Shank went through his hands. And this is the type of situation in the game, again, where you can't just chalk up the win. Spring Hill is definitely not laying down. They're putting four guys up front. They're loading the box, and they're just running man coverage on those receivers. And they did a pretty good job right there. Another third and long. On third and long on the second drive, Wade threw a 47-yard touchdown pass. Last drive, he scrambled for six yards, brought up a fourth and two. What are they going to do on the 26? They need nine yards. Here's Wade. Wade looks. Wade pressure. Wade. Oh, he's down. Uh, On the backside, nice play by St. Croix. Yeah, St. Croix, uh, Aiden St. Croix for Spring Hill right there. Fought his way through. He kept fighting. He had one guy on him, beat the first guy. Running back tried to pick it up. Didn't work, and uh, Wade was tackled late there. I'm uh, 
you got to give credit to Spring Hill on that on that drive. They did a good job. That's going to do it for the first quarter. You're listening to Summit Spartans Football and TriStar Sports Radio Network. 15 zip. Summit leads. Welcome back. Second quarter action. 101.7 FM. TriStarSportsRadio.com. Just click the link. 101.7. You can listen. Mike Epley and Matt Rogers on the call. It is 15 zip. But that's the that's the good news. The bad news is. We pumped the brakes on the last two drives, and both have been a three and out. Actually, a fourth down conversion didn't work for Summit. So, two drives and no points on the last two for Summit. Yeah, the Spring Hill defense did a good job, man. They're up front, their defensive line put pressure on Wade. He was able to get away a couple times, but in the end, he was sacked, killed the drive. What you don't want is you don't want Spring Hill to make this a game. If they score right here, now all of a sudden it's like, crap. We got a game here. They're going to have to adjust some things because, like we said, he wants his stars on the bench right around late in the third quarter. He'd like to see that. And if Spring Hill can keep this within 21 points, that ain't going to happen. And once again, you're going to have your big players playing the entire game on what's a short week now that us playing on Saturday. The, t- the, the predicament for Spring Hill is first quarter, one first down, and that was by penalty. I don't know where they're going to get the offense to do it, and they're going to have to come up with something. Uh, three and out on the first drive, the second drive, a personal foul penalty committed by Summit, and then the third drive for Spring Hill, they went in reverse uh, backwards on that. So we'll see as we have, let me get the punter for you guys. Brady Pierce is coming out to punt. We didn't see too much of him. In game one, and we have a whistle. I thought Brady was going to have a big defensive day. When we were talking about this Thursday night, I predicted Pierce to get two interceptions. Then, of course, that game didn't happen. But Pierce is one of the best athletes on the field as the punter right now. But he is the leading strong safety. And, again, thought Spring Hill was going to be airing it downfield, which would give an opportunity for Brady Pierce to make some interceptions. But that just hasn't happened yet. Penalty was get Spring Hill five-yard penalty, but it's still going to be third and seven. Or check that fourth and seven for Summit, and and they will elect to kick it. I guarantee you if this was 15 yards up, Coleman would have went for it. Yeah. Good kick by Pierce gets to Alderette at the 34, and that's where, where Spring Hill will start, 11-52. 15 zip, Summit leads Spring Hill. So we're going to see now if Spring Hill is going to continue to try to pound the rock up the middle and to the outside and not pass the ball. I'm curious to see what they do here. They're going to need to create some kind of offense, something for Spring Hill to have a chance because you can't keep banking on Wade's offense sputtering. Well, especially now because I see big number 57, Mason Richardson, in on the defense now. So they might go to a four-man front, and they do. So they switch it up. They're not covering up that uh, center anymore. Here they go. Off tackle. It will be Seacrest to the outside. And a nice run. Tackle by Pierce. But a good run by Seacrest for about six yards. Yeah, you see the uh, Summit defense switching it up a little bit. They go from a three-man front, bring in Mason, and go to the four-man front to stop that run, and that's going to force them to run a cover two 
which if you're running three or four seam routes is not the ideal defense to be in, and I guess they just don't think uh, Spring Hill's going to do that anymore. 11.45, second quarter, 15 zip, Summit leads. Same play, same direction, everything, but that's not going to work. Backwards, three yards, nice play by Hunter to tackle Seacrest. Yeah, that ain't going to happen. Big 5-7 right there. Mason Richardson freshly off of the bench, fresh legs, fresh oxygen level, and breaks through the offensive line to make the tackle for loss there. Well done. It will be third down and eight on the 37. Summit leads Spring Hill 15 to zip, and you would think that they would pass it here, but we'll see what Spring Hill elects to do. Man in motion coming from left to right. They're going to toss right. Can they get it? And no, what a play driven down from the backside. Maddox Reed makes the tackle, only a gain of two. Maddox Reed, the starting defensive end, is not selling out to that inside run. He chases him on the perimeter. And, of course, no surprise there, Caleb Jolly coming right behind him for the stop. Well done, Spartans. Another punt with 10.37. The clock's running. And we got Switzer back to receive it. That's exactly what Summit needed there. Another three and out. And get this ball back in the arms of the best player on the field. Let him do something special. Go up by three tubs. Heading into halftime. Maybe oh, high more. snap over the head. Over the head of the kicker. And he's going to corral it. Hughes gets it off somehow. And it's his best kick of the day. It's going to go inside the 20 down to the 18-yard line of Summit. Wow. The football gods were shining upon the Raiders right there. Bad snap over the head. Got to give credit to Brett Hughes, the kicker, scrambling. And like you said, that played best kick. I mean, what did that go for? About a solid 45 yards, and that puts uh, the Spartans on the 19 coming out. When do you take off the governor of Wade? Too soon to tell now. We got to score right here. Ideally, you'd want to bring him out maybe mid-third quarter. But, again, if, if you're only up by two or three touchdowns, you've got to keep him in. Right. But it looks like they have Wade throwing the football a lot, and they will get the screen pass out and complete to King. King down to the 25, to the 29. That is a gain of 11. Nice pass there. Those penalties are going to kill him. Coleman is not going to like that. That should be a first down, but it looks like it's going to come back. Either a hold or a block in the back by one of the receivers. That's not what you want to do, man. It kills momentum. It kills the drive. And it keeps a very inferior team in the game when you can be dominating. We did mention Coleman wanting to go to the outside, and that's what he's doing. He's not going to jam up with eight men to stop the run he's just going to say we'll outflank them yeah that's exactly what he wants to do and it's it's funny because the linebackers for spring hill are not very big so you got to assume they're fast and that they can you know they've been running a little bit of man not right here they're in a a, maybe like a loose cover three first and 15 way he's gonna throw it out to the flats complete and a gain of about 12 yards nice play to harvey austin harvey the sophomore getting some run right there. How cool is that, man, to be a sophomore on one of the big stages, varsity football on a Saturday, making a play, another flag down. Is that for Summit? It is. Ineligible, man. Oof. Yeah, that's going to hurt, man. It's, just, it's, it's killing your momentum, and uh, you need a big play 
right here to erase everything that's going on. That's what I would do. I would take a shot right here. It looks like it's still first down. Let's get our momentum back. Let's take a shot downfield. As the official would walk it back, way back, Mm. to the six-yard line. So now Summit, just to put this in perspective, needs the 28. So it's first and 22, 920 left. Summit leads and a misdirection up the middle. Nice play to King. King will go to the 15, so a nice gain there for King. Yeah, King lined it up uh, lined up wide on the outside as the receiver, motion down. That's kind of like an outside tight end right before the play. They faked the counter to the right and then King came underneath for a gain of uh what about 8. Yep, second down and almost 12 as Kerouac will get it. He's just going to bounce inside and go to the 17. So another one of those long third downs for Coach Coleman. It's interesting because they're running a zone. Spring Hill, that is, is running a zone to the side of Switzer. But they're just running man coverage on King. I'd like to see King try to maybe run a seam against number 30, Isaiah Johnson. I think he'll be wide open. We can make a big play out of it. Third and nine. Across the middle. Complete. The pass was corralled by Maddox Reed. He's been very active and out to the 35-yard line, a gain of 18. Maddox Reed is your stud on defense, and right there he steps up as your stud on offense, playing a tight end, uh, pretty open up the seam. He had a guy on him, and so he made a big play. That's a good job right there for the first down. Nice for Summit to recover from two penalties. And hands to Kerouac. Kerouac gets a seam, and here we go. Downhill he goes for 11. So I got a little hot tip from uh, one of my buddies that is a teacher at Summit, and he said Kerouac's in there because they like the way that he hit the hole uh, opposed to maybe some of the other running backs, and that's why he's getting the run because they think that he's more disciplined, he's hitting the hole better, and as you can see, he's the top running back tonight. Doubles to the left on the short side. Summit. Out to the 47. Here we go. Kerouac cross midfield. Gains three with 7.40 left until halftime. 15 zip. Yeah, you're going to see a big Cooper Cook pull over there to the left. Coleman likes pulling Cooper. He's 6'4", 245. He's nasty. He's their puller. He's got great feet. Had a nice uh, kick out block there to get the, uh, to, to get the gain. We have a timeout on the field, and we'll take one as well. 15-zip is the score. Summit leads Spring Hill. You are listening to Summit Spartans Football on TriStar Sports Radio Network. Welcome back in. 15-zip is the score. Summit over Spring Hill. We are dead in the middle of the football field as it's second and seven for Summit. Nice Third down conversion to Reed across the middle. Nice throw from Wade to get Summit out of trouble. 7.37, as I mentioned earlier, it's blistering hot. Mike Epley, Matt Rogers on the call. We appreciate everyone listening. TriStarSportsRadio.com or 101.7 FM. Sorry about that. How about this so far? Kerouac's got 10 carries for 24 yards and a tub, which for those of you who don't know what that is, it's football talk for touchdown. So he's got uh, 10 carries, 24 yards. He's definitely the leading running back. This is his first year playing football, period. 
first year playing football, and now here we are in the second game with a team that's making a state run, and you're the guy. How exciting is that for him? Wade at quarterback. Here he goes. Second and seven. They'll hand to Cotton. Cotton coming in. Cotton bulls his way to the 45. Gain of five, third down and two. Maybe I'm bad luck for a player. I'm giving props to Kerouac. And now we got Cotton back in here. Cotton is the speedster. He's the guy we thought was going to be in the game early on. He's back in the game right now. And if you're Cotton, you want your spot back. And there he goes. And here he goes. He needs two, and he rambles his way for four and a half. There's nothing like a little bit of competition to breed the best product. Kerouac's doing that, and now Cotton's back in the game. Two solid runs. That was to the outside. Looked like a counter to the right, and he gets the first down. Well done, Cotton. Seven minutes left until halftime. 15 zips the score. Summit, Spring Hill. Game number two. Summit, victorious over Indy last week, 40 to 34. Wade's going to flip one out to the left and spin move right back into the traffic will be Harvey. He'll gain about three yards on the play. Yeah, that was actually a long pass for Wade, even though it was, uh, you know, just up the field a little bit. What I'm trying to say is it was to the open field, and there wasn't much going on right there, only a gain of about four. But uh, the drive continues, and they're definitely smelling touchdown right here to go up by three uh, touchdowns. Second and seven on the 38-yard line of Spring Hill. Here comes Summit. Shotgun will hand to Cotton, and Cotton put it on the ground, picked it back up, and lost four yards. So now it's third and 11. Yeah, just a little uh, flub there by Cotton. It was the same play that they ran with Kerouac last time. You got King wide outside, motions down right behind the tight end. You want to fake the counter to the right, give it to Cotton, or I'm sorry, give it to King left and that time they just fumbled it third and 11 spring hill 42 wade tried to get the defense to jump off sides and they didn't so they're going to look back over and get the play call in from coach coleman 540 left until halftime 15 to zip but this is a long third down spring hill loading that box again again you're going to motion king down right behind the tight end interesting they're running man coverage on him and they're not taking advantage, but there you go. And Wade's going to heave one, and it's going to be, should have been intercepted, a terrible throw by Wade, and Prowl knocked it down, but it was way behind Switzer. I don't understand that one right there. Again, I keep saying the same thing. I hate to sound like a broken record, but King is getting single coverage over here to the left side of the field, and they're running a zone over there with Switzer. And they threw it across the field to Switzer. Like you said, it was a bad throw. Lucky it did not get intercepted. And um, it's not good for for Summit. That's going to be fourth and long. And Coleman's going to elect to punt it. On Spring Hills, 42. Could this be a fake We'll see here. Remember, Brady Pierce, the athlete, is the punter. Yep. So Um, this could be some trickeration for Summit. 524 left until halftime. And Pierce is going to get it, and he's going to get a pretty good one off. It's down, I guess, caught at the seven, and nice defense from Summit. Yep. Uh, it, you know, normal football game, it's a no-brainer. It's fourth and 11, you punt it. You know, you're on the 45-yard line. But when, when you're talking about Summit football, you're talking about Coach Coleman, you're kind of like, huh, I thought he was going to go for it right there. That's a little bit strange, but it's the right call. Ideally, do you want to be up by three, four touchdowns right now? Yes, but you're not. And that shows the discipline on Summit. Look at 
We're going to play the game. We're going to wait for a big play, and then we're going to take our opportunities. And now you're pinning the Raiders back, you know, basically right in their end zone. They're on the seven-yard line. The Raiders with no offense, they're going to say, you know what, we're going to go four wide now in the pistol formation to try to get something from the seven. They're going to quick throw out to the left, and that's going to work for about six yards to number six, Kelly. Yeah, you gotta you got to figure right here, Summit's going to find a way to shut them down like they've been doing. And again, I don't want anyone out there to get mad at me for putting this out there, but if Spring Hill breaks one, which they do have the athletes, they're capable of doing that, now all of a sudden you're back in a football game going into the halftime in a game you could be up by three or four touchdowns. 508, second quarter. Bowling quarterback shotgun, should I say the pistol, going to flip it the other way to the right side. And there nice play, Cotton comes up and bangs the receiver down at the 11. And as the ball's thrown on the ground by Herring, he's hurt. There it is. And to your point, how you said Coach Coleman doesn't like players to go two ways too much, that is a fresh Cotton on defense because he hasn't played a ton of offense today, which is why he has the ability to run up that press defense, read it right away, and get a big pop on that freaking uh, that wide receiver right there to get the loss. Well done on Cotton. Third and seven on the 11. And Spring Hill is thinking, let this clock run down as far as we can. We do not want to punt it back and test Mr. Wade. 15 zip. Pressure. Down he goes. And nice play by, I believe it was Bird on the blitz. Let me get some at the bottom. Note number 11, it's Gavin Wells from the linebacker position. Sacked and down goes Bowen. Well done. Big play by the senior right there. That's exactly what Summit needed after having to punt and failing to score for the third time in a row. But all of that is gone now because this big offensive line, Wade, the receivers, they are going to get the ball on the four-yard line. And uh, let's just chalk up the touchdown right now, shall we? Well, I can tell you this. Coach Coleman has no concerns that the clock's still running with 340. You got Wade oh, in the I was, offense. No, I was wrong. What happened here? And the ball hits the ground but gets away at the 30 to the 35. Everybody get away from it. It's down at the 39 of Spring Hill. Nice field position. The best of the game for Summit. Hey, I apologize right there. I screwed up. I thought that summit was getting the ball right there but it was still a punt formation um anyway they punted they're on the 39 going in i say you could still chalk up the touchdown who knows what coleman's going to come out right here i would love to see him spread the field out take advantage of that single man coverage over here on the left side let your quarterback throw it up and let your receiver make a play 329 15 zips to score summit still ahead of Spring Hill. We are live here in Summit. If you're just tuning in, 101.7. Wade will fire one, the best pass of the day. Get is caught by Harvey. He goes upfield for another six, and that's a gain of 14. Coleman is yelling at Switzer. Switzer was wide open, not sure what happened there and what causes the frustration, but I like to see him airing it out. I like to see the quick three-step drop because I'm just going to say it, these defensive backs – they're, they're not too much of a match for our, for our receivers here. And who can be a match for Wade is the question. Wade, at quarterback, he wears number one, looks a little bit like Cam Newton, 6'4", flings one. There it is. 
a dig route and across the middle, and Brady Pierce gets upended, but not before. He's down at the 8, 16-yard game. Great job by Brady Pierce holding on to that football after he catches it. He didn't see that backside safety coming to deliver a nice big blow on him, but again, Brady held on to the ball after coming from the left side across to the right side. Great catch, great yak yards, and again, great job of holding on to that football after a big hit. i got to give kudos to Spring Hill's defense. They are clinging and trying to stop Wade. I just don't see how you do it over and over and over. Well, that could be one way is a lot of penalties are going against Summit. I'm telling you right now, and you can see Coleman going nuts. I would be doing the same thing. You're killing yourself by doing the penalties, and now those are what they call mental penalties, mental mistakes, and it's because the the fatigue starts to set in. You jump off sides as an offensive lineman, and that can kill drives. 240 and counting Wade, no one's back there with him. He's going to throw it. Flings one to the post. Oh, did he get one foot in? Oh, did he get it? Yes. They gave it to him. They Randy Mostin out there. Nice catch in the corner of the end zone by Brady Pierce for 13 yards. Kudos to one of the best athletes on the field, Brady Pierce, coming from the right side, heading into the back left corner of the end zone. And just, I mean, a beautiful, aggressive ball by Wade. Brady Pierce lays out for it, drags the right foot, and they give him the touchdown to put Summit up 21-0. That may have been one of the best catches I've seen in high school football in a long time. That was fantastic. He tiptoed the back pylon. And, oh, I don't know if it's deflected, but it did not even get to the post. And, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. We're going to have to reset on that. But it didn't do too much damage because, remember, we got the swinging gate um, in the first possession, uh, the two-point conversion. So it's 21-zip after the PAT. No good. We'll take a quick 30-year list of the Summit Spartans football and TriStar Sports Radio Network. Welcome back in. Two minutes and 30 seconds left until halftime. Pretty fast-paced game. Saturday afternoon. Hopefully you're enjoying the weather just as much as we are. It's good, great to see sun after what we've seen the last two days. I'm Mike Epley. Uh, Matt Rogers on the call as Summit finally gets in the end zone. First drive touchdown. Second drive touchdown. Three, four, and five. Stall. Six. You get the ball in the 39 of Spring Hill. You go one, two, three, all behind Wade's arm. And then Pierce tight ropes the back left pylon and keeps the left foot down for the touchdown. One of the best catches I've seen uh, in high school football. So that will catapult the score to 21-0. to It's Summit in full control over Spring Hill. Yeah, that's exactly what they wanted to see. They got a break. Uh, Defense did a great job of stopping Spring Hill short on their field. And then a couple quick plays, some big plays. I liked that they aired it out that entire drive. And again, capped off by a phenomenal catch by Brady Pierce. And we just missed the uh, extra PAT. And now Mr. Hall decides to kick one out of bounds. And that's a penalty against Summit. Whew. I could tell you that's one thing Coach Coleman will be working on, the penalties in the kicking game. As I mentioned, kudos to Spring Hill's defense to stop Wade 50% of the time. Right? <laughs> Wade scored on all five possessions against Indy in the second half. Yeah, they did. So now, uh, Matt, 35-yard line, Spring Hill starts there. 230, you're down 21. You just do not want to give it back to Wade's offense. You've got to have some kind of 
clock management control right here for Spring Hill. Yeah, and you're going to see, I mean, Spring Hill's been trying to run the ball the entire day, and now they're passing. And I, they will throw it, and it's going to be a wobbler, and it hit the bench of Summit. All right, Epley, can I be critical here? I, I don't understand what's going on with Spring Hill. Your, your offensive plan looked like to come out and pass it. You run it the whole time. Now, in a position where you should probably be running it, you don't want to give the ball back to Destin Wade, and you're passing it. They're giving Summit a beautiful opportunity to go up by four touchdowns here at the end. I don't know why they're not running the clock. I mean, they're going to take a left hook for, like from Mike Tyson if they punt it back to Wade. I mean, Wade sizzled in the last drive. But now they're going to toss it. Seacrest cuts it back up, and he's going to be tackled. Nice play by Wells. Wells being active, two-yard gain for Seacrest. Yep, and that's what you want to do if you're Spring Hill. You want to run the football. You want to get Summit to burn their timeouts, which they just did right there. They should have done that the first play, but again, don't want to go backwards. It's going to be interesting because now they're in a position at third and eight. You got to pass now. You got to get the first down. It doesn't mm. really matter if you give Summit the ball with two minutes or a minute and thirty. Uh, you, you know, with with a timeout. So I'm going to try to pass the ball here. I like sneaking out your receiver from the right side, cutting across the middle. I think against this cover two defense, you can get away with something like that if you're Spring Hill. That's something I would do. It's going to be interesting to see what they do because so far they've completely thrown me off at the offensive plays that they've called so far. So what are you looking for now if you're Coach Coleman? A pass or do you think, well, they're going to run another one and make us burn a timeout? What's this? What's your guess? I guess if you're melting the defensive coordinator. i got to tell you, I liked what they did when they brought in number 57, uh, Mason Richardson. I would go back to the four down linemen instead of the three four. I would go four three. I would be on run alert with a cover two, and I would you know trust my DBs, key on run, look for pass, and get a stop here. You get a stop here, I mean, we're in a good position to score a touchdown and go up by four. Two minutes, 15 seconds left until halftime, 21 to zip. And right now, Spring Hill is staring down the barrel here um, at Summit. And they're going to need eight and a half yards for a first down. The ball will be snapped on the 37. Yeah, it looks like they got the single back there again. They got two receivers out to the left. And we got four down linemen. So, let's see. Four down linemen. Looks like a loose cover three and there's the pass and the blitz is on and hunter missed him and up ahead it will be the quarterback scramble and the first first down besides a penalty will go to bowling nice scramble there yeah you saw big trey hunter coming off of the end in a perfect position to make a huge sack to make a huge play and he just overshot a little bit you uh, you got to give him credit right there for the aggressive uh, the aggressiveness but then that gives Luca, the quarterback for the Raiders, an opportunity to sneak off to the left. The field was wide open because they ran all the receivers upfield, and he was able to squeak out a first down. And Bolin will be in the pistol formation uh, for the first first down. Nice run there, and he gets it up the seam. And wow, one move, two moves, and we got a free man going to the end zone, and it will be a touchdown. Nice pass for 53 yards to Kelly. I hate to see that, but you know what they did, Epley? They had the receiver on the right. They cut across the left. They split those two safeties. 
on a, a skinny post. I'd say maybe he caught it about eight yards deep. And then, like we said from the beginning, he's an athlete. He got the ball in the open field, made one guy miss a little bit, and he was off to the races. And now we find ourselves only up by two touchdowns. The extra point will be attempted by number 19, Hughes. Hughes is up, and it is good. So, wow, Spring Hill answers 21-7 to is the score now. Summit would be up. We'll take a quick commercial break. You're listening to Summit Spartans Football and TriStar Sports Radio Network. Welcome back in. 151 is 21 to 7. We looked as it could be 28 to zip. And an answer by Spring Hill on their sixth drive of the game. Third and nine. Bolin runs it for 12. Comes back and hits Kelly right up the seam for a touchdown. That's a way to answer. Now, the negative for Spring Hill. You give Wade back the ball with 151, but 21 to 7, you will take it if you're Spring Hill. Yeah, absolutely. A uh, little bit of a momentum shift. By no means are we hitting the panic button here that we're, we're in a football game. It was just one of those games. It's one of those days. It's so hot outside. You know, you're making a state championship run. Your key today is get my guys out of here healthy. How do you do that? You don't make a lot of mistakes, and you get your, your key players on the bench early. Unfortunately, that may not happen because you're only up by two. So this is a big drive for Summit. I guarantee you they're looking to score a touchdown. We'll see. The seventh drive for Summit. And, oh, we got a fumble on the kickoff. And luckily, that is a danger zone as King running up full throttle. It hit his kneecap and shot forward. That could have ricocheted anywhere. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's little things like that that can turn the game. Thank God we got the uh, we got the fumble recovery. And right here, we're going to go back to our base offense. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if we see a couple runs topped off by a pass at the end. And um, you know, you're relying back on Wade like you always do. One forty-seven, twenty-one, seven, and another penalty. I mean, this is insane against summit elite oh too many men on the field huh one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve yeah too many men on the field not good looks like they had two they had two tight ends it was just a miscommunication number 42 maddox reed who's typically the tight end ran out there he must have got the wrong set because they're not running a tight end now they're running trips to the left yep you're right and the throw by wade across the middle got him a slant pattern up to the 45-yard line, and that is a gain of 25. I like to see him doing that. Again, the middle of the field is wide open, honestly, for both teams. That's how Spring Hill got the last touchdown, and that's how the Spartans got the big game right there. You're going to line Switzer up in the uh, in the middle of trips on the left-hand side, bring him across the field. You're splitting the safeties. They can't read that. Look at even right now, the middle of the field's wide open. Wade. Will set and throw again. Oh, and he took his eyes off. Yeah. He took his eyes off the ball, Jolly, and he tried to look at the defender. Incomplete. Jolly's had a big day all day. It's one little mistake right there. It's, I'm glad it wasn't intercepted. It could have been. But, again, middle of the field, wide open. Look for, uh, look for Coleman to go back to the well again because, again, I mean, it's, it's like the purple elephant in the room. You can see it right now. It is wide open up there. 21-7 the score. 127. Welcome in, everyone. Summit Sports. 
as Wade will throw on second and ten. Well, he's looking to throw. Wade's still going to think about throwing. Now he's going to run. We don't see him do this a lot. And he basically takes two steps and gets six yards. It's funny. That, <laughs> I was going to say, it's funny that you say that because you can tell by the way he's holding the ball. Last week against Indy, he would just run it. And, to, and today he's not. So you know what Cole would say, don't run the ball. Don't run the ball. Look upfield. He had Switzer open late. But, again, it was the right decision. Uh, he ran a little bit late. Brings up third and four. But you, you could tell he, he does not want Wade carrying the ball. He wants him to get rid of it. And another thing I would say, Matt, is you, could, you know that Coach Coleman wants his foot on the accelerator. When you're calling timeouts with 115, you're on the 49-yard line on a third and four. You feel confident your team could get it, not only that, to score. I wouldn't be surprised if he ran one of his counter plays or one of his trap plays right here to get the first down and get him on the ball quickly. So don't be shocked if he runs the ball here because even if they don't get it, I wouldn't be surprised if he went for it on fourth and short either. Yeah, if it's four yards, I would say he would go. But with that being said, you do give Spring Hill the ball at midfield off their last scoring drive. Really the only offense Spring Hill's had all day. 21-7, We'll um, get it back to halftime, commercial break, come back, give you some stats going on. Uh, with with the game, I believe Justin. Is, do we get confirmation Justin Lamb's going to come? Yeah, Justin Lamb's going to come up uh, in the box shortly. He's still on the sideline taking the stats, and he'll come up and he'll give a, br- a brief recap of some stats and everything. But back to this game right now, everything's kind of working for Summit on offense. They're just making little mistakes here and there. Third down and four. On the 49-yard line of Spring Hill, Wade and shotgun flanked off the right hip is Cotton. Here we go. Wade, Wade's got his crease on the right. Wade's got to fake one out. He fakes two out. (laughs) One player cannot get him down, and he knows it. He said the guy is just too big. Richie cannot pull him down, gain a six, Wade. Here's the truth, and here's what's great about Coach Coleman and Wade, the discipline that they have. Watching that play right there, you can run the ball with Dustin Wade every single play and get a first down. But they're being disciplined. They want to try some different things, and they don't want him running the ball. But, again, he ran it first down right there. Wade will throw from the 43, and he's pressured. He gets out of it. Wade still running around. He throws all the way back across the field, and it's complete to the 22. And down to the 20 is Austin Harvey, a gain of 23. What a great athletic play by Destin Wade right there. He sat in the pocket. Got to give kudos to the offensive line. He had time. But, again, about after six or seven seconds, a guy squeaks in. Wade throws across his body back across the field for a first down. Wade snaps it. Clock running. 33 seconds. Flips it right side complete. He needed a first down to stop the clock and Coleman will have to use the last timeout. And that's jolly and he gets up a little bit gimpy. Yeah, those cornerbacks are playing off of our receivers. They're giving him about an 8-9 yard cushion. Wade took what they gave him right there. Quick pop pass to Jolly for a gain of eight, and it works. We're still driving. We're knocking on touchdown's door, and we're about uh, four yards away from the first down and about 14 for the touchdown. Inside the red zone, Matt, 23 seconds left until halftime. It's 21-7. What what are you saying to Wade if you're Coleman? You want all – uh, throw past the first down marker. Do you think 27 is enough? Do you want all end zone shots? It's second down and four. I want all. I like all end zone shots. I don't want anything short right here. If if the clock keeps running, you got two plays. 
in theory, if we run some quick plays, you're looking at about seven seconds per play. That'd be 28. You got two plays for sure, three plays uh, if, if you're smart with the clock. But with Wade's arm, with the way the offensive line is doing a, a pretty good job up front, I'm going to take three shots into the end zone if I don't get it. Hopefully my kicker can come through for me, but that that's a big uh, that's a big if with fingers crossed. No, right now it would on. be yeah on the fifteen you're you're looking at what a thirty two yard off the right hash that would be oof you'd be setting them up for a tough scenario, but it would be a three possession game if you did kick the field goal and we got a timeout I believe from the sideline of Spring Hill. I see that back judge. He threw a flag. No, never mind. There is a flag, too, before it. I think Spring Hill was trying to get the timeout before the illegal substitution, but it, they didn't give it to him. That helps us a lot. That's going to uh, – that brings up a first down, huh? So, there we go. First down and goal. And uh, now now it's a no-brainer. You, you, you got three, four plays to do quick passes to the end zone, assuming he doesn't have to shuffle around and do what he does. But now you, he could run the ball in. And here you go, 6'4", 215 pounds, junior quarterback across the middle behind him. He was incomplete to King, tried to hit one in the middle of the defense and just threw it at his left shoelace. Yeah, uh, he lined up in the slot. That's number 10, King, lined up in the left slot. Quick slant right up the middle. He had a guy on his hip, but he was open, and unfortunately Wade could not hit the target on that one. But it it was the right call. It was the right play and another timeout by Spring Hill. I'll tell you this, and I I don't – want to get too critical here i believe that timeout helped summit more than it did spring hill i would not have called that i i maybe but i'm not on the coaching staff so i'm not sure about formations you might not have but if you had the right formation on the last set surely you would get a i mean unless you just wanted to talk to a player here but now you're giving Wade a chance to reset if i'm spring hill i'm putting i'm I'm still running my 3-3 defense like i've been doing and i'm gonna i'm gonna bring my outside backers i'm gonna bring pressure I'm going to try to enclose the pocket for Wade, and I'm going to make Wade either beat me with his arm or run on me. But I'm, I'm telling you, I'm bringing pressure on both sides of the outside, and I'm going to make him you know, go up the middle. That's pretty much the only thing Spring Hill can really do. 22 seconds left until halftime. It's second down and 10. It's goal to goal for the Summit Spartans as Wade trots back out on the field. 21-7. And trying to go up by three touchdowns as Summit had it. The possession before. Man in motion right to left. And they're going to look to throw to him. And they come back with Jolly across the middle. But they're going to have to get up quick. Jolly's a yard short. He's a yard short. You might want to spike it. You're going to have to hurry. Ten seconds. Nine seconds. Jolly did not get in the end zone. Six seconds. Five, and they get it spiked with 4.3 on the two-yard line. Now what do you do? Nice job right there by the Summit Spartans. I like the play call. It was across the field. And, again, I like the play call from Spring Hill. They crashed the outside defenders, like we said. They closed in the pocket, made Wade get rid of the ball early, and he had a receiver there. But, unfortunately, he was a little bit short. Here's what I do right now. You want to know what I do? I don't throw the ball. I let my athlete score a touchdown. It reminds me of when we needed a touchdown last week against Indy. Wade comes off uh, back in the game after a cramp, and what does he do? He runs the football in. Do it right here. You can't tackle that kid. So maybe a fake counter to the right, boot to the left, and then let Wade run it in for the score. Well, here you go. They're going to hand it off and up the bet. Should I say off tackle and Cotton's in. 
Good for Cotton right there. They ran their counter playoff to the left. Hand off to Cotton for the easy touchdown. And, again, he could have faked Cotton and ran to the right for a touchdown. Either way, both was there. Really happy for the Spartans. That's a backbreaker for Spring Hill. Oh, big time. Big time backbreaker. That's not what you want. I mean, there's literally zero seconds left on the clock. You're going in halftime down by three scores in their house. It's hot. You know, unless you're wearing a blue jersey, you really don't want to be here right now. Thought about the swinging gate again. And now... You better hurry. Ryan Crane's got a – he looks a little discombobulated, and we got a whistle, and the line wasn't even set. Seriously, you're going to have to get this fixed. I mean, I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to get uh, outflank uh, Spring Hill. Yeah. But, no, hang on. They're, Matt, actually they're going to call that is encroachment on the defense. So it's now you're – do you almost want to go for it? It's one yard, but they're going to elect to kick it. The extra point, should I say. And the kick is up, and it is hanging, and goes over there by one hair off Matt Rogers' head. (laughs) The the Spartans really dodged a bullet right there with getting some help from Spring Hill. But you can tell, I mean, that's something that Coleman and Summit needs to work on. Especially, I mean, look, it's early in the season. Again, we're not panicking. But we got to get that fixed. You got to get your kicking game fixed. When you get into these games in September and October, you need your kicker. You need to have a good kicking team because you're not going to face teams that you're going to blow out every time. You're going to be in some tight games. And those one, two, three points are complete game changers. And if you don't have that figured out, you're in trouble. Well, we're going to toss it back to Terry back in the studio. It's 28-7. to seven. Uh, it's, it's Summit in the lead now when you come back we'll get some stats for you here live at summit so you're listening to summit spartans football and tristar sports radio network welcome back we're live here at halftime 28 to 7 yes saturday afternoon it's uh not the sec it's high school football in tennessee so if you're driving around 101.7 you got it or tristarsportsradio.com just click the link i'm mike epley uh, Matt Rogers will join us just briefly. We'll also bring in Justin Lamb in one second to give us st- stats update. I do want to talk about a little bit about Summit coming out and establishing the presence at home uh, this year. Kerouac ran it in. Um, that swing gate play to Switzer, 8-0. These are the scoring drives. The next possession, Wade comes back to a bomb on third and six from the 47, throws it to Wade. Or throws it to King, 47 yards, 15-0. We go all the way through, and we get another touchdown made from, um, as I get Wade, give me one second here, Wade to Pierce, one of the best catches I've seen in high school football. 21 zip, the extra point wasn't good. But then the answer by Spring Hill, 39, Bowling creates a little bit, gets 12 yards, and then throws one up the seam to Kelly for 53 yards. It's 21-7. You're thinking, well, wait a second. But then Wade gets the ball back. He does what Wade does, threw the ball left, right, up the middle. And on fourth and two, with about a couple of seconds left, they elected, uh, Coach Coleman did, to give it to Cotton. Run the counter play off the left side. It's twenty-eight to seven. Some more stats as you're the the voice you're familiar with hearing, Justin Lamb. Justin, what's up, man? What's going on, man? It's a lovely, cool afternoon here for sure. How's the How's the field, Tim? It's a little It's a little steamy down there, boys. I'm glad y'all are up here in the AC. It's real nice. I may stay a while. 
So what do you got for us for the stats-wise for Summit? Uh, offensively, Summit had 297 yards of offense. You know, you think of Brian Coleman teams that they're going to run the ball a lot. That wasn't the case today. Uh, so far they've thrown for 238 yards. I mean, obviously, uh, Dustin Wade's had a great first half, 13-20 to 20, uh, with two touchdowns, 238 yards. And then the rushing attack's been led by Sam Kerouac, 10 carries for 24 yards. Destin, who didn't really run the ball very much uh, till the last drive, has four carries for 14 yards. And then Ja'Kalen Cotton, who scored right there before half, uh, three carries for 11 yards. The receivers, though, they've been they've had a lot of guys touch the ball. Maddox Reed has two catches for 56 yards. Brandon King, obviously, the 47-yard touchdown. Uh, Jolly, four catches for 41 yards. Austin Harvey, a sophomore, out there, three catches for 40 yards. Brady Pierce, two for 29 and a touchdown. Switzer's got a catch for 25 yards. I mean, they've got a lot of guys – uh, getting involved in the passing attack. And it's good. It shows a little diversity for Summit. It's going to keep teams down the road thinking, my goodness, they can throw it this well as they can run it. So it's going to be a, a benefit. I got a couple questions. You're you're down on the field. Number one is, have you felt like it does up here, Summit's been in full control of this game? Oh, from the start. Yeah. I think absolutely that first drive going down there and scoring and then, you know, sneaking into the two-point conversion sort of dictated the tempo, took control of the game. Uh, Spring Hill got a little gas there. Uh, late in the first quarter, early in the second quarter, I think that touchdown pass by Boylan uh, to Ramon Kelly gave them a little bit of a spark, but then Summit comes right back down and with that dagger drive before halftime, they so go back up 21. You talked about all the positives from the stats. What about the penalties? What are your what, What's your assessment being pretty close to Coleman there and what you're seeing with so many penalties against Summit? I think it's part of a little bit of attention to detail. You know, you sort of got a team, you're playing on Saturday, you've been out of your routine, you've had a fall started you know thursday night come out here friday practice find out the game's canceled and then have to come out here on a saturday afternoon when you're not sort of used to that you know coaches hate playing games when you're not in school can't control the kids what they're doing during the day they try to have a normal pregame. they got the kids up here at 10 30 fed them actually like a regular game day uh i just think there's just a lack of attention to detail you know it happens sometimes in these games early in the season as well we really still are on a rhythm the kids aren't in high school at all you know so i just think it's a little bit of that i think the storyline is what you first mentioned was the um basically the temperature on the field we saw cotton play mostly defense we thought we'd see him on offense we did towards the end but i know talking to coach coleman he wants to limit as many two-way players as he can just just for strengthening the season. What's your assessment now? What you're saying, Kerouac gets the start. We thought Cottonwood ran the ball well, but with these temperatures being 92 degrees, 101 is what it feels like. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. There's been a, there's been a conscious effort here. The coach is talking about uh, guys going both ways, playing two ways, trying to limit the number of snaps they're getting because it's so hot, it's so humid, even with the two-minute water breaks. I mean, it's still – I mean, it is – it's thick out there. It's Guys are – are getting gas, especially with these hurt, these long drives that they've been having. So they're really doing their, as good a job as they can limiting the guys that are playing both ways. And, I mean, you can tell defensively, I mean, someone's played really well, only giving up 79 yards uh, in the first half. Yeah, and if it wasn't that drive, it would have been, that was a 53-yard and plus 12 at 65 of the 79. Yep. Only one first down for uh, Spring Hill, and that was due to a penalty by Summit. And I guess you, you kind of go with the uh, substitutions um, but the temperatures you talked about, and you did get word if someone's listening on the radio, you got there's there's not a certain number or temperature where you can cancel the game if it gets too hot. No, the heat index rule only applies to practices. It does not apply to game day uh, at all. So there's no, I mean, there's no temperature that it gets to that they can't play. The heat index rule doesn't apply on game day because of the frequent breaks you get. Uh, you know, in practice, you're not going to have. 
you know, you got a lot of stoppages to play in the game, which you might not necessarily have in practice. But that heat index rule doesn't apply right. to games. Well, good deal. You heading back to the field? I may stay up here a few more minutes, and then I'm going to head down the field. <laughs> Hang out with Matt Rogers, right? That's right, my man. Yeah, we're going to take a commercial break. You're listening to the Halftime Show. It's 28-7, to 7, Summit full control over Spring Hill. You're listening to Summit Spartans Football and TriStar Sports Radio Network. Welcome back in. We are live here at halftime. Mike Epley on the call. Matt Rogers back with us after Justin Lamb. We appreciate him coming to give the stats. He has a first-hand glimpse of what is going on. First, the temperature he talked about. It, he said it's hotter than 101, or it feels like, and then talked about the penalties, too, for uh, Coach Coleman's team and then the substitutions for that. So you kind of heard, Justin, when you, when you walked back in the press box, what were your thoughts on what Justin talked about? Uh, the big thing is when he talked about the, the field. I didn't know that. He said when you step on that field, water comes up, up on your shoes, which obviously is going to slow – you know, slow things down for the players, the traction, everything. So, I mean, it just gives more credit to to Summit that they've been able to do what they've been able to do. I mean, despite the one big play, Spring Hill doesn't really have any stats. You know what I mean? Besides that one big touchdown play, um, not looking pretty for them, but this is exactly the type of game that Summit wanted. Well, the type of game for Wade passing the ball, you heard Justin talk about this is a big showcase game where you could see his arm strength for Destin Wade. Yeah, and that goes to what you and I were talking about, how you can tell uh, Col- Coleman doesn't want Wade running the ball too much. You know, stay back there, three-step drop. He looks really good on the short passes. I mean, he, he's dropping dimes on him. And then when it gets a little bit longer, maybe 15, 20 yards or bigger, he tended to overthrow receivers a little bit. Again, uh, it was Brady Pierce with, like you said, one of the best catches in high school football you've seen. That's one thing that, that Justin Lamb said off camera. He goes, I can't believe that Pierce got his foot in on that because he didn't think that he got it in, but it, it, it was phenomenal. That's definitely the first play or two for your highlight reel if you're Pierce. Well, moving this forward, Summit heads to Lindsey Nelson Stadium, and that's a region game. And I think, too, as we talk about um, Summit to where they are, Really, if it stays the same, ideally the only game that matters would be the Columbia game or all the region games. These are tune-up games, and they could be hiding some of the tape for Wade uh, from Columbia, right? Or, or holding him back a little bit more to say, I know the secret's out. If you listen to the first broadcast, Justin was on, and you heard it too with Indy. You heard it. You, I mean, you might have seen it too as well. But I think you might be able to hold back a little bit because Columbia is coming into this game 2-0. Columbia beat Spring Hill handily. Columbia beat Dixon. So they're going to come in. Now, their games are tune-up games as well. This is the only game in the region for Summit besides everything else being backloaded. But this is the that's the most important game, and Coleman knows that, and all the players probably do as well. Yeah, you bring up a great point of Coleman potentially tried to hide some things. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. I think that's the right play. I think also human nature, when you see another player like Wade, and, and you're not a Spartan fan, you're not a parent, you're not you're not you're not in the summit, you know, fan base, let's say you're on the outside. Human instinct, you want to say Nah, he's not that good. I bet you we can do this. And I bet you, you know, it's just human nature. You, you try to beat the other person down that, that's getting the glory. But I'll tell you right now, I think they're in for a really rude awakening. I've been around the game a long time. I'm 42 years old next month. I started playing at a very young age. 
I can count on one hand the amount of times I've seen a player like Destin Wade. He passes the eye test. Uh, he looks like a Greek god when you look at him up front. Stick. He's very big. Like, you know, you gave the perfect analogy during the game. He looks like Cam Newton. He really does. Not just wearing the number one, but just his confidence, his poise. And we haven't even seen him run today, and that's on purpose. His arm, it's legit, man. He can throw. He's got the one thing I noticed about him on Tuesday, which you don't really see a lot in high school quarterbacks, is he's got a quick release. And that is so important. Right when he sees it, that hand-eye coordination, that quick release, I mean, it's, it's almost impossible to defend that as a defense and a defensive back, let alone if you're a DB at you know, 16, 17 years old. And I, just, I expect really big things from this guy. And, and people who are doubting him, they're in for a rude awakening. Well, Cam Newton, it's not going to blow you away with his speed. Neither, neither w- would Wade, but he's just really hard to bring down. Elusive, the word I might use for him. Yeah, absolutely. And you got to remember, too, taking the high school factor into consideration, it's different. Like in NFL and even in college football, you don't really get intimidated. I remember, you know, when I played for the Huskies, we were playing the undefeated Miami Hurricanes when they went on that big run. Remember, they had Clinton Portis. I think it was Ed Reed. Yeah, they had Ed Reed. They had Clinton Portis. They had Shockey. We weren't intimidated by those guys. And I'm just going to say right now, they were all better than us. We ended up beating them, and that we were the last team to beat them on their whatever 30-game win streak. But the point I'm trying to make is in college, in NFL, you don't get intimidated by other players. In high school, Pee Wee, Pop Warner, you do. So these high school players are going to be looking at this game. They're going to be looking at them, and you got the intimidation factor. So um, you always got to take that into consideration. And one thing I want to talk to you about is the kicking game. Uh, how do you fix that in midseason? I know COVID's done some some with this. They're bringing out soccer players. I've covered teams where this has been a big issue, but it can't be fixed in the regular season. It can't be fixed in the regular season, and I'm just going to – can I say it? Can I call it like I say it? I was at practice on Tuesday. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for this, but in the whole practice I was there, I didn't see the kicker kick one ball. I yeah. saw him stand on the sidelines. He's watching. You know, trying to choose my words carefully. You want to kick the ball. You're a kicker. When you're not running drills, when you're not in the game, when we played, the kicker is always kicking. You got, you know, and you always say this when they miss it. You got one job. You got one job. It's true. You got one job. Kick the football. And when you're that age, and I tell this to my son, my son's a soccer star, and he's got a God-gifted left leg. He doesn't want to be a kicker. And I'm like, son, and for those of you out there listening, look it, it's not the sexiest position on the football field, but I'm telling you this, if you can master the position of being a kicker, when you get to 25, 30 years old, people are going to pay you millions of dollars to do it. So no yeah. one no one wakes up their 14th, 15th, 16th birthday and be like, I want to be a kicker, Dad. No, everyone wants to be the quarterback, receiver, running back. But how do you fix it? You make your kicker kick the football. And, you know, you go out there and you find a good kicker. So an opportunity for all those soccer players out there, start taking kicking lessons because uh, the opportunity for you is, is bright. As they would say, the, uh, the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. Yeah, and you never know when you make a, if you make another state championship run, you might need that kicker. Like you said, it's in very pressure moments. Uh, the kicker comes in, and you at least want them to know – First, you can make the extra point. Second is if you have something inside, what, probably 15 yards, you, you can hope that 
inside 35 yards you can at least have the the leg to get it there and then the 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 distance number one and then the angles number two to set them up to where they can make the um the field goal and really that's a lot those are the glaring pieces we see from summit uh everything else is i mean defensively they look pretty good today um, they would like to give back the one seam pattern to kelly up the middle but You've had Jolly play real well. Gavin Wells play real well. And some of these guys have a lot of minutes under their belt for the Spartans. Yeah, going back to, you know, going back to the kicker, I, I will say this. If things don't change quickly, you could expect Coleman to put Brady Pearson as the kicker. He, he's the punter. He's one of the best athletes on the field. That's how you fix it uh, in the interim. Long term, you need a sole kicker. But to fix that quickly – you might, you know, you might throw uh, Pierce back there, um, and, you know, because the, the guy can kick. He's got a leg. So Well, and, and here's the flip side, Matt. They could, they could run a two-point conversion every time with Destin <laughs> right. Wade. You ain't I mean, and that's, that's a tough two yards for the defense because you're actually saying, you're, I mean, Wade run pass option, once again, you mentioned it in the pregame. He's one of the best players in the state. You have that option, too, if you're Coach Coleman. You know who did that for a while? It reminds me of you saying that. In, in the late – Mommy. Uh, it was uh, Oregon. The Oregon Ducks, when they made that run and they, and they played Cam Newton and the Auburn uh, Tigers in the national championship, they never kicked extra points. Everything was two-point conversion. Uh, and I don't know – to be honest, I don't know if it's they didn't have a kicker or if it was just a philosophy. But back to your point, yeah, you, the Spartans could end up being a team that just goes for two points every time because the odds are in their favor. We'll take a commercial break. When we come back, third quarter action of 101.7. Summit leads 28-7 over Spring Hill. You are listening to Summit Spartans Football and TriStar Sports Radio Network. 26-yard line, that's where Spring Hill will start. So last season, four teams made the playoffs. Region 5, Page number 1, Shelbyville number 2, Summit number three and Columbia number four matched up with Region six, and this is five A Beach number one, Gallatin number two, Hillsboro number three, and Hunters Lane number four. So Columbia went the Beach, lost a close game. Uh, Summit went the Gallatin with the upset. I wouldn't say it's too much of an upset. Summit did lose two regular season games, neither with Destin Wade at quarterback. The only game Summit lost with Destin Wade was the state championship game. Versus Knox Central. As Spring Hill will start right up the middle for about a two-yard gain. Nice play. Nothing really doing for the offense. I'll tell you this, Epley. I'll give them a pass on the first play because it is the first play of the second half. You know, unless you score a touchdown, you're not going to change the game or anything. But with that being said, if they keep going in the same formation and running the same run play up the middle – I'm just at a loss for the, for the Spring Hill Raiders. Again, going back to what I said before, they were in the locker room early before the game. They didn't run too much of a variance, and we're seeing it right now in the game. Pistol formation for quarterback Bolin. He's a senior, as I mentioned, a big guy and himself, six foot four. So he stands with Wade and about the same size as Wade, just two different uh, players on their respective teams. As they see, Crest tried to bounce it outside, lost two, third and ten. Coming up a big down for Spring Hill. So interesting to see. Summit is in the right defense. They got a 3-4, what we would call back in the day like a 3-4 
read, run, zone type. Uh, everyone's got gaps. Uh, gap discipline is what we talked about on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately, we weren't able to kick that game off. But the Summit defense is doing a great job. They're spreading out the defensive field, and they're giving each player a gap, and they're tackling great, and it's working. Once again, kudos to the fan base here in Summit, and they are in full force here on a hot, blistering Saturday afternoon as they Boland finds his receiver, and that's Kelly, and he's the only one who's been doing anything, and he keeps the Spring Hill offense on as he gains about 15 yards. Encouraging to see if you're a Raider fan because – Summit is backing everything off the ball. They're ready for the pass. They were almost in kind of like a cover four umbrella. Everyone, including the cornerbacks, were playing real soft, and they ran the seam routes. Everyone was pushed back, which left the short middle open, and uh, that's how they got the first down. 28-7, 10 should I say first drive of the third quarter as Boland's going to go and a bad pass is he just tried to throw a screen pass to Kelly, never set his feet, and threw it across his body. I got another bold prediction right here for you, Epley. That nose Uh-oh. tackle, number four, Jesse Brimmeyer, yep. he is so close to getting a sack. So mm. you got to think we're going to see uh, Spring Hill throwing the ball a lot more, and they can't block number 40. They can't block Brimmeyer. I'm, I'm calling it. Brimmeyer's getting a sack within the next three plays. I think Coleman's going to have to test his run defense because was we – I don't want to look ahead, get past this game, but looking ahead to Columbia, they have a really good running back, Christian Biggers, there, and he's ready to go. And so if you get your run defense where it needs to be. Bowling fakes the jet sweep, hands off up the middle, and nothing doing as Turner is with a couple other players of some nice tackle on number 20, Martin. Yeah, that was a good play on, uh, on the Summit defense. And it looks like uh, they still have their starters in there. It's uh, going to be interesting to see how much longer they, they keep them in there on defense. But the, the Summit defense, man, they've really, they've really beckoned the call today, if you will, because Spring Hill, with the exception of one or two plays, can't really do much out there. And Boland's going to try to pick up another first down, third and 10 on the 26. He found Kelly for 15 yards. Now it's third and 11 on the 39. We'll see what they could do. Trips right, throws back left. Receiver was not ready, and that was intended for Alderson incomplete, and the punt team should be coming on the field. Once again, Summit's only bringing four rushers, and the pressure was felt quickly by Luca. man. He got rid of that ball quickly, and the reason it didn't pan out is because he threw the ball to where the receiver was going to be, not where the receiver was, and unfortunately he couldn't get there in time. 9.26 left in the third quarter, 28 Summit. Seven Spring Hill. And Hughes is, he might have to ice his leg down after this game. How big would it be for Switzer to return one right now and just really put this game over the top? I know that that's exactly what he's thinking right here, and it's a decent punt. It's going to land at about the 27. Switzer's at the 20, takes it on a two-hop, but he's going nowhere to the 25. Unfortunately for Switzer, there was nothing going on there. Helmet flew off a little bit, so that's why he's carrying it as he runs towards the sideline. But uh, here we go with the Summit offense, and um, I don't see Wade yet. Is he in there? We don't see Wade, and Wade will not enter the game, and now we just need to find Wade and make sure he is okay because Wade is not in, and he is on the sideline right next to his brother. There we go. Someone get him a cheeseburger and a Coke, pat him on the butt, and say, you're fantastic, you did a great job. There's no, I mean, maybe... 
a little bit early um, to take him out. I don't think he's hurt. Do you? I don't either. Uh, I just think it's one of those where they're going to keep Kerouac in and let Austin Harvey get some playing time, seven yards for Kerouac. If you can run some clock here and you're fine with being up three touchdowns. I want to get – we do have a player, if we could text Justin Lamb in a sling with his um, – yeah, I'll yeah with pads on, with lower pads. So this is a player. I, I think I know who it is, but I don't want to sus- give any false information about an injury. But there, he's in a sling on his left arm, and he's right beside Wade. Handoff up the, um, should I say, the counter play goes to the outside, and it's Kerouac for the first down, gain of seven. This is so good for the Summit team and the Summit offense. You're getting your young guys in there. Kerouac continues to be the workhorse today. Cotton's coming back in, and, um, you know, this is good for Austin Harvey, man. I'd love to see Coleman let him sling the ball a little bit. I think if you have one more touchdown, you get the cushion. And then the time is is the enemy for Spring Hill. It's 8.35 left in the third quarter. It's 28-7 Summit in full control of this game over Spring Hill. Man in motion, like I said, if you're watching this or listening – and you got to reverse. Yeah, that is again. <laughs> that's that's their go-to play with Brandon King. And Brandon King's got it for seven. So you guys heard me talk about double it. handoff actually. Yeah, yeah, you heard me talk about it before. They line up King wide out. He motions down right behind the tight end. They give it to the running back. Running back, you know, like a small reverse, if you will, to King. First time they ran it, uh, it paid off dividends. Second time they fumbled, and then they went back to the well there for a gain of about six. Eight oh seven left, third quarter. Summit twenty eight seven. Harvey at quarterback, going to send a man in motion right to left, and he's going to throw it. And he completes his first pass out to the flats, and it is Brandon King. And King, I think, maneuvers his way past the first down marker, give it to him, a gain of seven. I got to tell you, man, I am a fan of this Brandon King kid. He has to be the most fit person on the field because he is in motion every (laughs) single play. I'll tell you, if they had high school fantasy football, he would be my top two or three round pick because, man, he is touching the ball like 20% of the time in this offense. Yep, and we could just get confirmation that Caleb Jolly is out. Ouch. Just due for precautionary, um, not, not anything major on the injury, just setting him out right now. So Cotton will run for nine yards, and I do want to give you another one who will not play the rest of the day. And this is a big-time player. Once again, just taking him out. Uh, no injury, but you will not see him, and that is Pierce. Pierce will not, Brady Pierce will not be in there. Smart. Super smart, man. You're in this for the long haul. Uh, it, it's no secret. You don't want to jinx it, but it's no secret. You know, Summit is making a state title run. This is a non-region game. It's a team that they should handle soundly. They are. Why risk anything? Put weight on the sideline, and I'm glad to hear you say that Jolly is on the sideline for precautionary reason, even though he's in that sling, because he's hands down been one of the better players today on the field. Yes, no doubt about it. He, he, he was causing a lot of ruckus on defense for sure, and Brady Pierce, uh, stats speak for themselves in what he's out there doing. It's Trey Hunter's now in the game, and Austin Harvey going to throw another one. Oh, and he gets out of the hands, just a hair too far from Zach Switzer. So now it's going to be third down and 14 on Summit, or should I say Spring Hills, 
43-yard line, Summit up three touchdowns. Yeah, I'd love to see Austin Harvey continue to be able to throw the football here. He's a sophomore behind the best junior quarterback in Tennessee. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you you get your, you know, you make the most of your opportunities when you're in, and hopefully this year he'll have more than just today. The battering ram is in. Hunter, probably for pass protection. And, no, it's going to be that same play except Switzer gets it. They needed 14. Uh, Summit got three. Here's my goal this week when we talk to Coleman. I'm going to get the name of that play because they love that play. So instead of us keep saying the receiver motions down behind the tight end and they do like a little reverse inside, I want to know the name of the play. It's probably called like Bronco or something, you know, Bronco reverse. But uh, that's the fourth time they've ran it. And it's been okay for them. It's always positive yards, right? And we have a new punter. Uh, Cooper Hall is out to do the punting because Brady Pierce, the starting punter, we would not see him. So we're going to see Hall kick it for the first time, and it's a bad snap, and he's going to run it. And that's not going to get anywhere close to the first down marker. It's a loss of two, and they needed 11. Poor kid. Cooper Hall, <laughs> he gets mm. his time to get the punt. It was really a bad snap. That was not his fault at all. And uh, he tried to make the most out of it, got a gain of about four or five yards. And I see a, I see some fresh jerseys coming in there for the Summit defense, man. Look at this. They are uh, Coach Coleman is, is getting his young guys some work and, um, you know, feels pretty comfortable with getting the dub on this. Yeah, and Wade's going to have the statistics. Justin Lamb named off at halftime. I mean, it looks like Wade will not come in. 28-7, 6-0-2 left in the third quarter. And Spring Hill still trying to answer with everyone out there. Um, and that play goes nowhere about one yard up the middle. So it'll be second down and nine. I'm curious to see when he's going to start rotating his defensive line. We do see... Mason Richardson, that's big number 57 back in there. I mentioned him last half. They brought him in when they went to the four-man front, which was only for a couple plays. But he's back in there now, but you still have the seniors. You still got your stud Maddox Reed, your big dog Trey Hunter, and, of course, the nasty one right up the middle. That's Jesse Brimmeyer. They're still in the game. Interesting. I think you would like to have one more touchdown, but man in motion. This is his pop pass going to Prowl. Prowl turns the corner off the right side. Prowl down the sideline, and he's out of bounds, and he would have scored at the 40. Whoa, that was a late call by the official, and that that went for uh, 17. Could have gone for 67. Thank you, Lord, for that out of bounds right there because, man, he was off to the races. And that's exactly what Coach Coleman told me and told us on the, confer- on the conference call this week before we talked to him in the game. He said, listen, should we beat this team? Yes, but they have the potential to break one. We saw it in the first half, one play, they broke it for a touchdown, and right there they would have done it again because they got some athletes on the field, and thank God he stepped out of bounds. Most of the starters in for Summit, I think two or three will be missing. That's Jolly and Pierce. We do know uh, they're going to be out. And another handoff for this pop pass to the left. They went right with it, and now they're going to try to go back left. And no sirree, Aiden Bird on the tackle. Aiden Bird on the tackle. Defensive line continue to put in pressure. You still got your three starters in there. They're, uh, they, they brought in Mason Richardson, big number 5'7". And as I would like to say, 
the hair of a Greek god. Look at him. He looks like an 80s rock band lead singer. He's got this long blonde hair, and maybe I'm just mentioning it because I'm jealous, but that hair is stinking gorgeous. Good for him. That's impressive. <laughs> that's more impressive than my hair. That's, I'm, saying, I'm saying a lot. That's like an electric mullet, man. That guy, he he's on fire right now. Good Must for be him. the uh, Michigan linebacker. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name two years yeah. ago. Four tw- uh, 28 in a fumble. And I think it's an incomplete pass because it's that pop pass. Yes, the official calls it. So that's that's the benefit of that pop pass. It's always incomplete if it's dropped. Yeah, good point on that one. It's exactly – it looks like a, a handoff. But pop pass, for those of you who are listening and can't see, he basically receives the snap. And instead of handing it off from his hand to the hand of the running back, he just flips it up. And it's no more than two inches in the air. And, of course, the, the, the guy in motion has got to catch it. And when he doesn't and it drops on the ground, it's not a fumble. It's a pass, just like Epley said, for an incomplete. 422, we're going to take a commercial break. We've got a timeout on the field. 28-7, Summit leads. And you're listening to Summit Spartans Football and TriStar Sports Radio Network. Welcome back in. 422 left in the third quarter, 28 to 7. Your score, Summit in full control here. A lot of the starters not playing, only up three touchdowns, but Coach Coleman in the heat says we're going to pump the brakes on a lot of these players. And Jolly, who's been spectacular, Pierce, who's been spectacular, and Wade, who's been spectacular, aren't playing in the third quarter. But it's a third and 13. And it should be an incomplete pass as his arm was going forward. We'll see the call as Bowling dropped the football. We'll see what the call is. Yeah, you can see the the pressure from the defensive line is still in full effect. I really got my fingers crossed for my boy, big number 40 right there, Brimmeyer. He's so close to getting those sacks, man. You can hear me. Keep working, big dog. You're going to get there. And they're huffing and puffing right now. And that's the voice of Matt Rogers. I'm Mike Epley, and we appreciate Terry the Chicken Man, Wilcox, back at the studio. It's Chase Winovich was the guy's name from Michigan. I appreciate that. Is, is, and that's exactly is. the hairdo we're talking about here in Williamson County. You can go with him or you can go with Brett Michaels. Totally your preference. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. Either way, like I said, man, it's gorgeous. Ooh. And the ball will go dead. The best kick of the day inside the 10 at the 5. And Switzer, let it roll. Let, That's one of those you got to come up on. Yeah, absolutely. I was just going to say, let it shine for Austin Harvey right here. We're going to see Harvey at quarterback and probably uh, Cotton at running back. But uh, I would love to see this young quarterback put together a nice 94-yard drive for a touchdown, but you still got your key receivers in there. Switzer, you got King, and then Cotton's going to be in the backfield. Without, yeah, without Pierce, who led the the stats last week um, with 140 yards. <laughs> and here comes Harvey. Here's the counter play to the left. Cotton didn't couldn't juke the left in and rolls his way to the nine yard line. That's a nice gain of about three yards for cotton maybe four so i got some inside intel on the name of that play we were trying to name they motion down the receiver out to the outside and he gets it right behind the tight end and then they give the handoff to him it's called mojo so if you're going to listen to spartan radio the rest of the year you're going to hear that name a lot because it looks like coleman loves that play so that time they did uh mojo but they didn't give the handoff to the receiver they kept it so that's the little mojo would be the little counter play 
uh, if they choose to hand it off to that receiver in motion instead of letting the running back keep it. I'll tell you this. I didn't see Mojo that much against Indy. I think it's one, but but we we're seeing it to tonight for sure. There, there was a couple of times, but uh, handing off up the middle, it's Cotton. Cotton uh, second down and about two yards will roll his way across the first down marker and get up to the 18 yard line. First down for Summit. 3:20 left in the third. 28-7 in full control. Again, King reminds me of a mini Wes Welker out there. He is in motion every single play, man. And that's great for Coleman and the Summit uh, offense to do a lot of misdirection. When you get late in the game, especially in weather like this, man, those guys are huffing and puffing out there. And when you're doing a lot of misdirection, you don't know who's getting the ball. You just mentally break down. So I would see uh, I'm going to predict a lot of running and a lot of yardage here for the Spartans. 257, we appreciate uh Patrick Nichols also texting us and letting us know that the player in the sling is Caleb Jolly, but it's just precautionary. Uh, it's it's not. It looks to be it looks to be hurt, but um, the word I got, the first uh, word we got, is just uh, keeping him out. So two forty six left in the third quarter. We haven't seen Wade. So let me ask you this, Matt: How much does Wade have to buy in when he knows colleges are looking at him and maybe he can? Run his stats up a little bit. He's, he's got to sit out the second half of this entire game. Uh, I wouldn't worry about it too much if I was him at all. Um, just because people know who he is. People know what he's about. When, when you're in a game like this, a non-region game, you're up by three touchdowns, the only upside of walking away from playing is not getting injured. It's the only upside. So, I mean, yeah, can you get a couple more highlights here and there of you throwing a touchdown when you're up by 30 points? Yeah, you could, but that's not going to put them over the top either way. Uh, at, at this point, it's going to come crunch time in those games that he's down or up by a little bit and he needs to make the big play. Well, they wanted the mojo. It's second and uh, 15. <laughs> they run the mojo to number 10, and that's Brandon King. For about six yards, it's going to be third and nine on the 20. I got King on my fantasy high school team, and he's already got me 26 points. He's a combination. It's, a, it's almost as if you would morph Wes Welker and Christian McCaffrey into a high school football player. That's who Brandon King is, man. He's done a great job today and got a lot of touches. Brandon King, for your at home, uh, his size will be, let me see if we got it on there. I don't know if we do or not. Harvey's going to throw it. Third non-pressure, and it's complete. Had to come back to get it, and it's going to be short. Nice catch by Switzer, about two yards short, and Harvey was nailed in the back backfield. I mean, God bless him, but can you just not see the difference between a Destin Wade ball and a uh, and an Austin Harvey ball? I mean, he's young. He's out there. This is the right time to get him his looks. But these receivers are really helping him out because those passes, if, you, if you're just listening and not watching, they're floating up there, and it's got interception written all over it. But his, his receivers are really helping him out, coming back to the football and bringing it in. But unfortunately, it came up a little short on that one. Well, let's hope we get a better snap back to Mr. Hall this time, and he's going to come in for Pierce as the punter. And that's a perfect one. And this is a pretty good one for Hall back to the 42, and that's not a bad kick at all. You might have just found a punter for the team. Hey, you know who just made the tackle on that play? You see it. 
That's my boy, baby. Brandon King, the stat king. Are we getting two points for tackles for our fantasy for our fantasy high school today, man? Is there anything that he is not doing on the field? So he gets the tackle on that uh, on that punt. So uh, well done. And he's staying on the field. He's getting a little run here at safety. And not taking anything away from Pierce. We did see Pierce hit some pretty good uh, boots uh, last week. But so with both of those, it looks like you got the punting solidified. 103 third quarter. It's twenty-eight to seven. Oh, they got they got Pierce at outside backer, but uh, it looks like he's going to cover. I can't tell if he's going to blitz right here, but man, that kid, he has got a motor, just nonstop, man. And it's only ninety-two degrees <laughs> and sunny. <laughs> do you think, do you think I could ask him to help me? That's going to be an that's going to be an offsides on Spring Hill. But do you think I could ask King to help me carry the equipment back to the truck because I was struggling on the way out here? He would do it in a second. <laughs> Oh, man. He has played a lot. Yeah, he did, man. I, I I can count on one hand the amount of times I haven't seen him on the field, but it's just it's 100% full go. And that says a lot about Summit and what they're doing behind closed doors that we can't see in terms of conditioning, running, getting these players in shape. You can look at the other sideline. You see a lot of the Spring Hill Raiders taking a knee, helmets off, but you do not see that. Uh, on the summit sideline everyone's standing up everyone's in the game it's just a completely different dynamic and over the middle a gain of about seven yards to his favorite target which is i believe a great player five foot 760 pounds kelly and we have an injury to kelly and that's and that's that's just it's not what you want to see that's been the best player offensively for them and i'm not sure if hunters hurt either 20 yards Away from the ball, he's holding his right leg. You got two players down, one at the 50 and one back on the 32-yard line, one being a Summit player and the other being a Spring Hill player. And both right legs, you hope it would be a cramp. The good news is both of those are, Coach, I'm tired, stretch me out injuries. So they, uh, I think it's definitely a cramp. I didn't see Trey Hunter go down, but I did see – uh, the receiver on that one go down, and it wasn't a big hit or anything like that. I just think he cramped up at the end, and obviously you can see the weather playing a factor in today's game. But you got to wonder: do you take uh, do you take Trey Hunter out? I mean, he's your starting stud on your defensive end. He gets a little bit of run as your bruiser at running back. Maybe now's the time to take him out. That's a good question. I mean, you've made coach coleman's made the call with destin wade he's out made the call with caleb jolly he's out made the call with brady pierce he's out so those guys have exited center stage and we do have one player up kelly is up and walking to the sideline on his yeah on power it looks like no assistance needed now hunter's still down i'm trying to hold off for 45 seconds before we go to break uh we'll see here as 28 7 we might need to take a commercial break terry go ahead and take one for us um it's 28 to 7 injury to trey hunters down on the 32 yard line we'll be back you're listening to summit spartans football and tristar sports radio network welcome back in and hunter will walk off the field you're listening to 101.7 also you could go to tristar sports radio.com i'm mike epley alongside matt rogers 40 Five seconds and counting in the third quarter. 28 for Summit. Seven for Spring Hill. Trips right, uh, second down and seven. 
And we'll hand off the ball. It's on the ground, and Summit's got it at the 50, and it looks like bring back in Harvey. There we Quarterback, go. Quarterback, who got it, baby? Was it 66 no, or was it 10? I, I think it was 34, Turner. Okay. I, I was just going to say, because I saw Brandon King hop up there. We've been saying his name a lot today, but, <laughs> I mean, dude, if, if he would have got the fumble there, which I want to wait for the official stat, it's like, man, that, that kid's been all over the field today. But, yeah, you're right. It, it looked like number 34, Jacob Turner, recovered the fumble there. So, well done. Summit offense back on the field, and uh, I'm going to check my my – my depth chart, but I think there's a lot of new offensive linemen up there. Well, Kerouac's back at running the starting running back, actually, with Harvey, and this is just a sweep with Harvey. Harvey's going to run it for three yards, and that's going to do it. Well, we got a penalty. We're going to have to wait the flag, but 21 seconds. That should be the end of the third quarter. Yeah. No, I apologize. The starting offensive line, all five of them are still in. So, uh no new meat up front for the offensive line for Summit. He's, uh, he's keeping the big dogs in there. And um, interesting to see. You do have substitutions on the rece- at the receiver position. Oh, yeah. What's, we got John Dippold is out there who plays safety. He doesn't play a lot of offense, or we haven't seen him. Also, you got uh, a couple other players. Graham, Graham Schneider, yeah, number Graham, 12. Yep, Graham Schneider's out there. So, so all the skilled players besides Kerouac is out. And Switzer gets it, bobbles it. The screen pass goes for seven back to the original line of scrimmage, and that will do it. It's going to be 28-7 to seven heading into the fourth quarter. Nothing happening in the third. Summit leads Spring Hill. We'll be back. You're listening to Summit Spartans Football on TriStar Sports Radio Network. Welcome back in. Thanks for listening. 101.7, also TriStarSportsRadio.com. All you got to do is click the link. I'm Mike Epley alongside Matt Rogers, 28-7. to 7. Matt, we're just basically smooth sailing is what they'll say. Uh, just You got weighed out. You're giving Harvey a lot of reps. And you got next week, you're going to Lindsey Nelson in uh, Columbia, Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, you know, your biggest goal for today, obviously, number one, come out of here with the dub. Number two, keep everybody healthy. It looks like they have done that. I know we got another quarter left. We still have the starting offensive line in, but your key athletes, your key big players on offense are all sitting on the sideline, which they should be. Are you shocked that Wade has not played in the second half, only up three touchdowns? I I know Spring Hill has struggled offensively, but with that being said, Wade has not hit the field. I was a little shocked to see him not out there for the first drive. Um, If, again, kudos to Coleman. If my team, I probably would have played him the first drive just to make sure I had that cushion that you were talking about. But, again, this shows the confidence that he has in Melton and the defense because they've completely shut him down. The, uh, The Raiders haven't been able to do anything, really, against the Spartan defense, and um, that's probably what Coleman saw. So he's like, why risk it? Put him on the bench. Let's, uh, you know, smooth and sail this thing out like you said. You know, put the sails up. Put on the Kenny G music. Pour a glass of red wine and let's sail off into the sunset with a dub. Well, let's talk about sailing in the sunset. Whenever you get back Keaton Wade, we talked about where he is in the recruitment. Uh, Every team in the country wants him. So you put him back out at outside linebacker, 
that's a force to be reckoned with, and you get him back in week six, seven or eight. That's exciting, man. And, you know, when the, the first time that you and I hopped on a conference call with Coleman, he, he, he basically, I don't know the exact words he said, but he gave us the impression that these first couple games, even though it was India Crosstown rival, even though it's Spring Hill arrival as well, it's not make or break for the Spartan season. So his big thing was, hey, you know, we're going to tighten the screws a little bit, but I'm going to keep my kids healthy, especially the Wades, because the, the games they remember are played in November, and that's when you're going to get your stud back. That's exactly right. Third and 13, after a handoff to Kerouac, goes backwards for three yards. 11.30 left in the game. It's 28-7. to Summit leads. Spring Hill. Austin Harvey is the quarterback. Sophomore, as we mentioned. Um, we did get uh, Austin Harvey. We say his, he's around just to put this in perspective if you're listening. Austin Harvey's 5'10", 170, weighed 6'5", 220. And that's the difference. <laughs> Let me repeat that. That's a big five, difference. 5'10", five, 170 to 6'5", 220. But what a good opportunity for Harvey. You're a sophomore. Yeah. Yeah. You're behind one of the best junior quarterbacks in the state of Tennessee. What a great opportunity to learn. You have a fantastic coaching staff, and you should be in a position this year to be in, in, in a handful of games like this where you can get some good, solid run. And it's not out of the question for them to throw the ball, only being up by three touchdowns. Now, in terms of just getting your quarterback some reps throwing the ball. It, you know, if you're a coach at Spring Hill and you see the backup quarterback throwing the ball, you're not going to get too upset at Coleman. So it's, it's, it's a good position for Harvey to be in. 11.09 left in the game. We had a quick timeout. We stayed here. 28-7 to score. Both teams with three possessions. This will be Summit's third possession in the second half. Third and 13 on their own 47. Need to convert here to keep the drive going. If not, you'll bring back Hall and see what he can do. The snap is to Cotton, or should I say to Harvey, hands to Cotton, gains three. That's way short. We're going to have another punt. Nice tackle by the uh, Raider defense right there. That was uh, Kathy Marvey, number 21, coming from the opposite side of the, uh, the field, chasing him down. And look at if you're a Spring Hill Raider football player or a fan, you, you don't have to be completely discouraged here. I mean, they have a ton of freshmen on the field right now. Just looking at this uh, depth chart right now in their roster, I don't know the exact number, but I'm going to say about 40% of their players on the field right now are freshmen. And about 70% of them are underclassmen. So, you know, yeah, you're probably going to lose this game. You're coming off of a loss last week. But you're, you're getting better. And you have an opportunity to get on the field. It's, it, it's kind of a good situation to be an underclassman right now for the Raiders. And we'll take a quick commercial break. The ball's dead at the 25. 10-23 left in the game. 28-7 Summit leading. You are listening to Summit Spartans Football and TriStar Sports Radio Network. Welcome back in as we have the ball on the 25-yard line and the throw down the middle is incomplete to Prowl as 10-17 left in the game. It's 28-7. Summit leads Spring Hill. Mike Epley, Matt Rogers on the call. It's been like this since halftime. Once again, we've uh, digested that Wade will not be out there, so you will not see him 
unless there's some unforeseen circumstance here, you won't see Wade until Columbia. Yeah, nor will you see Brady Pierce at the safety position. You got Austin Gruder's back there covering for him. It was a deep pass. Gruder was on the guy. It was an incomplete. And then another one there, which is going to bring up, what, third down and long. I expect to see Spring Hill throw the ball and not run it the rest of the the rest of the game, which will give a good opportunity for these young DBs. But as you can see, you still got Cotton in there at the cornerback position. Interesting. Yeah, Cotton is still in there, and we do have Gavin Wells in the middle. So you have a three or four players still on defense, maybe to make sure this doesn't get uh, – or for, should I say, Spring Hill to score quickly, and that's not going to do it, is a pass just a little bit too far for Herring, and that's going to be another uh, punting situation. We have an injured Summit Spartan. I don't like to see that. That's my boy Brandon King. That's the uh, the Wes Welker Christian McCaffrey Morpha I was talking about. I think he banged his knee against – Another player deflecting that ball right there. But he, he looks like he's in some pain, man. He's hobbling around. This is definitely not another cramping situation. And we'll see is um, King, we believe, is King. Um, I, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not – are you 100% on that? I, I just want to make sure uh, that's not seven t- like another number. We don't want to – just to make sure. It, it could be l- – let's take a commercial break. Terry, if you could load up about two or three uh, – uh, commercials for us back at the studio. This may take just a minute, and we'll get the number to make sure it is um, who we think it would be. 28-7, left in the game, and we'll be back here. We're live at Summit Spartan Stadium. You're listening to Summit Spartans Football and TriStar Sports Radio Network. Welcome back in. We're live here. Summit 28-7 as the punt uh, just was downed at the 48 of Summit. So Harvey will come back in once again. The Spartans leading by three touchdowns over the Raiders. And um, we'll see how much, uh, I guess, Coleman wants to pass it and how much he wants to put it on the ground. Yeah, like I was saying before, I mean, he's going to do his 90-10 thing, maybe in this situation 97-3 in favor of the run. But uh, I would love to take the opportunity, if I'm the coach, to get Austin Harvey two or three passes. Uh, It's not a bad idea. It's not obnoxious if you do that. It's not rubbing it in if you're passing, even though it's a little bit uh, uh, late in the game and you're up by three touchdowns. But you got your backup quarterback in, and uh, they chose to run it there. And they did for his first carry of the year. And I believe as we're getting the numbers in, just to make sure, yes, it would have been the first carry of the year for Logan Frazier, the sophomore. Good for so him, we haven't We haven't seen him. Yeah, good for him. That was a little counterplay off to the right-hand side. And he still has his big dogs up there up front. So that's got to make you feel good being a sophomore running back. You know, maybe can't be any more than 15 years old, but you still got the big dogs blocking for you. So, uh, yeah, judging by that, I don't think we'll see too many passes, if any, for Summit the rest of the game. 8.30 left in the game. 28-7 is the score. Up the middle with his head down will be 
Frazier, he needed three, only got one. Fourth, uh, check that. Yep, fourth and two coming up on the 45 of Spring Hill. That just shows the inexperience there. It's okay. He's young. He's a sophomore, but he dipped his head about three times, and if he would have kept his eyes up there, Mm -hmm. he probably could have ran for the first down. The offensive line's doing a great job creating the holes for him, and, of course, Coleman is going for it. He is, and I'm sure he's not going to be happy if they snap it with 20 seconds on the clock, and they do. And hopefully Frazier can get this first down, and he uh, can't. And, and the ball's on the ground, and this could be a disaster if they run it back, and Spring Hill's just going to get it at Summit's 42. Yep, young kid, uh, third carry of the game. Looks like he's got a little bit of speed, which is why he's in there, but uh, he was definitely going to be short of the first down, and then when he got caught up in the mosh of tackles, they stripped the ball from him. And that's just inexperience. It's being young, but if you're going to do it, this is the game to make a mistake at this point of the game, if I'm being honest. Three touchdowns ahead. Summit on defense now. Short field. As Raider roster keeps in bowling at quarterback. He's been there, the starter. They're just trying to get something going. This, is, this will be their fifth possession of the second half. It'll be their best starting field possession, too, of the game, being on the 42-yard line coming in. And, of course, they're going to go to the air here. Let's see what they can do. Across the middle, almost intercepted by John Dipp. Now, let me, let me give you this stat. One first down in the second half for Spring Hill. Only three in the first half with the penalty. So, four total first downs. For Spring Hill's offense. Man, if you don't think Melton got a hold of that defense after that indie game and said, here's what we're going to do. I mean, it's a dream situation to come back after last game and only hold your next opponent to four first downs. The only reason they got a touchdown was a big play. And this almost is a sack, and it's going to be. It is, and down he goes. And that's big 42 in the middle. Maddox Reed. Don't forget about my boy and on that tackle, Big 5-7, Mason Richardson, Electric Mullet, Brett Michaels, Hare, and I, I have a vision right now. If this kid gets going, he's only a uh, junior. If he can develop into the type of play Coleman wants him to be, you might see two or three little uh, hairband wigs out there by the student section supporting Big Mason. That would be awesome. And that's an easy thing to do to support. Let's go grab the long blonde hair. And seven minutes left in the game. It's third and 18 on the 50 for Spring Hill, trailing by three touchdowns. A pressure, but he gets it away. And a nice open field tackle. And the ball's on the ground, and it's going to be picked up by Summit. You cannot review it, and it's picked up by Jacob Turner after the fumble by number 88, Alderson. That's the right call, too. Not trying to sound like a homer here, but on the tackle, when he tackled him, it was almost like his knee hit the back of the receiver, which caused him to cough up that football. So it was before he hit the ground. It was definitely before the ball even touched the ground. So 100% a fumble. Great recovery by the Spartans. And uh, as if it wasn't already, this is definitely going to be the nail in the coffin. Oh, no. I hear booze on the sideline of Summit. What happened? I think it was a personal foul at the end of this uh, would be, I'm not sure the call. And it w- I know the calls on, I believe Coach looked at Turner, and Turner's talking to the assistant. You just want to know what it's for. But I believe 
Summit will keep the football, and it's it's a personal foul call or after the the, the dead ball. So Summit will keep it. Yes, because Harvey's coming out. Unfortunately, you just go back back Summit up fifteen yards. Yeah, fans were not were not happy with that call. We we got a couple fans in front of us, man. I don't know if you guys at home can hear them, but uh, not happy at all. But once again. He's keeping the big dogs in the game up front, starting offensive line still out there. Six minutes and 45 seconds left in the game. Flip pass screen to number 32, and that's Cooper Hall, the punter. Cooper Hall, the punter. is out at receiver, flanked out. Every time he gets a reception this year, we just call him Cooper Hall, the punter. Cooper Hall, the punter on the reception. Well, (laughs) we'll see if Pierce uh, keeps the – Pierce is the starting punter, right. and actually Hall kicks off as well. Mm-hmm. So he's one of those guys like uh, your Engel Martin was. Did you notice? I, th- I brought it up. Uh, so number fourteen, the backup tight end is back in there now. That's uh, Tanner Shake. Late in the indie game, he was puking everywhere, and it shows, man, that uh, you know how important it is not only to stay hydrated and to stay in shape. But I'm glad to see him back out there. He just had. A phenomenal block on that run play. He drove his guy about seven yards downfield before almost burying him, and that was a solid gain of about seven right on the tail of Tanner Shake. Well done on that kid's part. Five minutes, 37 seconds left in the game. And Coach Coleman wants the play clock to wind down. Why? That's the game clock uh, as well. And so if they could get out of this game and head on to Lindsey Nelson next week for for the most important game of the season, the region game, mm. and it's an incomplete pass, I'm shocked that they threw the football third and one. I'm shocked that the punt team's coming out. I mean, it's this is like Coleman territory. You're, you're past the 50. You're on the, you know, 44, give or take. It's fourth and one, and... You know, he, he gave he gave Austin a shot there. He faked the counter to the left, bootleg to the right. The receiver, unfortunately, was covered, and he could not deliver the ball. But, uh, again, I, I, would, I would think he would go for it here. Maybe he's got a sneak up his sleeve. Who knows? Not much doing for Summit in the second half. Now, I will say all the skilled players have been out, but the line's still there, and that may be a little disheartening for Coach Coleman. Yeah, another guy that's been working hard, Maddox Reed. He's the senior, number 42. He plays defensive end, and he's going back out there. Of course, you got Mason Richardson. And uh, Trey Hunter is not going to return on defense. Smart move there. And also, Jesse Brimmeyer is not going to return. Let me down a little bit by not getting the sack that I predicted, but uh, he had a phenomenal game, man. He was putting pressure on Luca, the quarterback for Spring Hill, the entire day. 508 left in the game. 28-7's the score and trips to the left will be for Spring Hill and there's no indication we have Spring Hill can score another touchdown. If it happens, it happens. Now you have some subs in for Summit. They're going to elect to run it uh, with the starting tailback Seacrest to gain a two. Yeah, and then now, I mean, you have 100% Correct me if I'm wrong, Epley, but but a hunt. Nope, I was going to say 100 percent backups on defense, except for Cotton, the DB. Mm-hmm. But all of the fresh 
defensive linemen are in. The starters are out. One guy to note is big number 64. That's Matthew Montana. I watched him in practice on Tuesday. He's a huge body. I'm going to guess 6'5", 6'6". He made the tackle right there. 6'4". Uh, he, yeah, he's, he's huge. He tends to play a little bit high. His pad level is a little bit high, which allows these offensive linemen to get underneath him. But, again, he is a huge body, and he's only a junior. Yeah, and you do have one other starter. I do want to uh, say that Switzer is still out there at outside linebacker. He's on cotton side, and they're mostly as a third and six, and that's a first down, a nice conversion for uh, Spring Hill as Alderson kind of gets payback there. Yeah, and that just goes to show you, once we were talking about before, when Keaton Wade comes back, just the added power and depth that this defensive backfield is going to have. Switzer's still out there. Cotton's still out there. And um, it's just good experience for later in the season when we make that big state run. Going to flip one to the right side and see if they can make a tackle. And another nice cut back by Prowl as there's back-to-back first downs. Yeah, Spring Hill's doing the right thing. They're spreading out the field. They're passing far left. They're passing far right. They're making this defense run around the field. And like we said, Cotton's still in there. Switzer's still in there. Look at Switzer, man. God bless him. He is huffing and puffing. He is running the field left to right. Man, that's tough, especially in this weather. I mean, we're, we're lucky to be in this air-conditioned booth, but I don't know. I can't imagine what it's like being on that field right now. We might have to ask Justin Lamb again. As Bowling will hand off up the middle, a gain of four. Yeah, it's not going to be a game changer because we're so late in the game. The, the game's going to be over in just under four minutes. But with that being said, you're starting to see those negative runs at the beginning of the game. One-yard gains are now turning into five- and six-yard gains for Spring Hill. Good for them, but unfortunately a little too late in the game to make a run for a win. Three minutes and 24 seconds left, and what a phenomenal play by number three, Brady Hendricks, only a sophomore, beat beat basically the block and tackled the receiver. It's funny that he shows up this late in the game to make a play because only being a sophomore, I saw him out there on Tuesday. I got to tell you, Epley, when you stand next to him, he's a stinking big kid. I don't know his official stats, but I'm 6'4", and with his helmet on, he was just my size. So he's a big kid. He's a sophomore. Coleman said he needs needs to develop a little bit more, but you're definitely going to see him as one of the main players on defense next year and the year after. Third and 10, Spring Hill going to throw it, and incomplete, Trod Kelly. Kelly's the big target, and he just dropped it. Fourth down on the 45 for Spring Hill. Big number 55, John Sloan, putting in some pressure on him on the defense. Almost had the sack, made Luca roll out to the left, throw off of his back foot for the incomplete pass. So you could chalk, uh, chalk up that incomplete pass to big 55, Johnny Sloan. 2.43 left in the game. 28-7, Summit leads Spring Hill. This play call is taking a little bit longer, maybe trying to figure out how they're going to get this fourth down. They need 10 yards. Converted two first downs on this drive. Can they do number three? I want to see Big 55 get a sack here. Going to throw it across, and it's going to be short. Nice tackle again by Hendricks. Two yards short, and Summit will get it. There it is, and this game is pretty much over. It is uh, just over two and a half minutes left. Spartans offense are going to take over. And, um, you know, run the clock out. No-brainer here. It would be cool to see one of these young guys break one for a touchdown. I want to I hear you yell and get excited one more time before this game's over, Epley. This it's has been, been fun. Yeah, it's been tough in the second half. Tough sledding for both teams. 
Maybe we could just start, you know, inflecting our voice a little bit more. Big run for two yards there. Oh, my gosh. It was an incomplete pass. We, you know, we could always do that. <laughs> I don't think I want to trick the audience. <laughs> <laughs> They'd get played out on us. They'd be like, these guys trying to make something happen. <laughs> yeah. Is Harvey still at quarterback? Hands off. They're going to run. There we Frazier. go. Frazier's uh, up for 12 yards down to the 41. Yeah, that's the sophomore, Logan Frazier. He was the one that coughed up the football on the last drive, and good for him. He breaks up the middle with the seam, and now I can officially say the backup offensive lineman is in there, but they did a great job right there and created a hole for Logan to make that thing happen. 2.16 left in the game. Three touchdown lead for Summit. Here we go. We're going to hand this one off, and this is the – Yep, I believe it's Cooper Hall. Cooper Hall navigates his way for about three yards. Yeah, if I'm a coach on the sideline right now, I'm telling Cooper to tuck that football, man. He is holding that thing wide out there, and it's just going to take one person to not even tackle him, just touch him, and he'll cough that thing up. And that shows the young vulnerability of the young players, and they'll get better, and this is why it's good to get up in these games to give these guys the experience. But, yes, tuck that football. 140 left in the game, 28-7. We appreciate you tuning in. If you're doing it through FM, we appreciate it. Or also online, TriStarSportsRadio.com. You can hear by clicking on 101.7. High snap, we'll get to Frazier. Frazier, whoa, ankle tackled and gained one, so it's going to be third and six. Yeah, good, uh, good job right there by Austin Harvey. Snap was almost over his head. He saved it. I have no idea how he made that exchange to Logan Frazier, but he did. It was a short gain, but thank God it wasn't a fumble because it definitely could have been. 28-7 is the score, and Summit will go on to Lindsey Nelson next week undefeated, 2-0. Fantastic. And – well, their snap was back to Harvey, but none of the linemen moved. It was third and six, and he went in reverse for three. Yeah, that was definitely a miscommunication by the quarterback in the offensive line. Uh, sent, I don't know who was right or who was wrong, but de- the quarterback was not ready for the snap. The O-line definitely wasn't ready for the snap, and unfortunately, it's going to bring out the punt team. I was hoping, I was hoping our boy Logan, Logan Frazier would get a chance to uh, get in the end zone today, but that ain't going to happen. There is about a 12-second difference between the game clock and play clock. As it's going to wind down, 28-7 to 7 may take the penalty here if you're Coach Coleman. And we'll see. No, they're going to punt it with about six on, end over end. Received at the nine. The nine-yard line by Alderit. Up ahead, he will get to the 15. Seven seconds, we got one snap left. Yep, and uh, I got to say, seven and a half seconds left. I don't know if I'm going to get the opportunity to uh, say say one more thing, to say hello, but it's it's been a pleasure today. I'm glad we did it, and can officially say that you and I are undefeated together as we announcers. Are. We're we, the good luck charm. We are. <laughs> as well, we'll go to Lindsey Nelson. Hopefully uh, you could get the stats for Justin or bring Justin up here and kind of go over um, the stats for Summit. We'll take a quick commercial break, about a minute, and we'll come back and just go through the stats uh, for the game, and we'll sign off here. So we'll see if we get Justin. We're going to page him. If not, maybe uh, Matt can get the uh, stats for us. So, I got the stats. Okay. But, uh, you know, Justin Lamb, he, he's the fan's choice. They love him. Well, which, which, uh, and we got an out-of-bounds run, and that's going to do it. And uh, they're going to mark him down, I believe, Martin, for about a 20-yard rush. And that's going to do it. 
We're going to take a quick commercial break. Summit wins 28-7, come back with the stats, and we'll sign off here after that. But we'll be back. You're listening to Summit Spartans Football and TriStar Sports Radio Network. Welcome back. We're live here at Summit 28-7, the final score. A big win for Summit. Literally put it on idle in the um, in the second half without Wade and some of the other players getting ready to go to Lindsey Nelson for the big game. It'll be 2-0 Columbia, 2-0 Summit. Uh, Summit will go on the road, but once again, we, in all indications, Wade will be back out there at quarterback. So, and overall, Matt, what, what did you like about Summit, what you saw before we got to go through the stats? Would you, would you like to, I guess especially, too, we play on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I like the fact that they didn't look out of shape. I like the fact that they, you know, with all, you know, all things considering, they looked ready for this game. It's got to be weird to be playing Friday night, sometimes Thursday night, night after night under the Friday night lights, and then all of a sudden you wake up on Saturday. It's hotter than Hades outside, and you got to go play a football game. But Summit, man, they came out. They looked sharp. Got up 15-0 right off the bat. Made a couple mistakes early to to not blow it out in the first half like we thought they would. But I mean, overall, they did a great job of looking prepared and 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 mostly they came away of what looks like being injury free and that you can't ask for anything more than that i mean cuz who cares if you win 28-7 or 70 to 7 a win is a win you want your players to stay healthy and they did just that so the stats look like what for summit the stats look like for Summit, and again, like you said, these are mostly first-half stats because nothing really happened in the second half. But total offense, Summit had 387 yards to Spring Hills 162. Again, two or three of those for Spring Hills were only big plays. Summit had about 20 more plays at 68 to uh, Spring Hills 49. Passing, 264 yards to Summit's 116 and uh, two touchdowns. Uh, looks like um, the, to interceptions was two to zero, and then we had two rushing touchdowns. You want me to go by individual stats That's as well? Fine. Yeah, let's look at the passing stats. Destin Wade was thirteen to twenty for two thirty-eight, two touchdowns, no interceptions. The backup Austin Harvey, the sophomore, eight attempts, five completions for twenty-six yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, rushing, we had uh, for Summit the workhorse today was Kerouac, who was the surprise for you and I. I don't, I don't know if you ever get surprised, Epley, but I was surprised. I thought it was going to be Cotton, but it was Kerouac. He had 13 attempts for 35 yards and a touchdown, and again, when Cotton came in, he looked electrifying. Only seven touches, so he had about half the touches with the same amount of yards for 31 yards and a touchdown there. And let's go to receiving. Sorry, I don't mean to stall, but i got to hit this. <laughs> Hit this app before we go. So receiving for Summit, the top receiver was uh, Caleb Jolly in terms of receptions. He had four catches for 41 yards. And uh, but my man Brandon King, I keep calling him my man. He he never got off the field until at the end. Uh, hopefully he's going to be okay. It looked like he banged up his knee a little bit, probably a minor injury. But he had two catches for 53 yards and a touchdown. And then again, Brady Pierce 
We went nuts. One of the most unbelievable catches we've seen in high school football. He had two catches for 25, uh, 29 yards and the touchdown. And then who had the most yards was Big 42, the tight end, Maddox Reed. Two catches for 56 yards, no touchdowns. Shall I read Spring Hill's stats or? Yeah. Epley gave me the nod. I'll read it. Receiving for Spring Hill was uh, Ramon Kelly, six catches, 77 yards for the touchdown. Again, about 60 of those yards came on that big play in the first half where he broke free for the touchdown. He was their top receiver. Everybody else, uh, Dante Prowl, one catch for 12 yards. Avery Martin, one catch for 11 yards. Ricola Alderson Jr., two catches for 10 yards. Luis Aldrett, one catch for eight yards. And Joel Herring, one catch for negative two yards. And uh, that pretty much does it for the Spring Hill offense. What's been a good one, brother? It's been fantastic. Yep, enjoyed it. You know what? Yeah, it's been a pleasure. You know. Now let's go. Now now let's take this on the road. Let's take this on the road. And for you, it goes without mention. I mean, it's kind of a homecoming for you, right? I mean, you were over there for ten years until uh, you know Summit paid you the big Uh, bucks and snagged. You to bring you over here, huh? We we won't we won't we'll stay away from that a little bit, but yeah, we'll be there. And uh, great great facility, uh, great coaching staff there, and uh, look forward to seeing a lot of friends uh, there. So, thanks for tuning in to Summit Spartans Football and TriStar Sports Radio Network, where your final score is twenty eight to seven. Tune in next week as the Spartans travel to Columbia, as we mentioned, to take on Central. Lions right here on 101.7 WKOM and TriStar Sports Radio. Coming up next, as always, probably not next, it could be, but uh, the TriStar Friday Night Light with J.P. Plant and Coach Mike they might bring us the scores. I'm not sure if that's going to go down today or not, but they always will come in after our broadcast for sure. So comments uh, they take across the games, across southern middle Tennessee. And for Matt Rogers, I'm Mike Epley saying good night. From Summit, this has been a presentation of TriStar Sports Radio Network, a front porch radio production. Summit Spartans Football on the TriStar Sports Radio Network is brought to you in part by The Garbage Man, Parks Motor Sales, Ten Pin Alley, Sands Fence Company, DB's Pizza, Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, Right Care Clinic, Game Time, Kubota of Franklin, Beck Dental, Holland's Pharmacy, Quickmark Convenience Stores, Brown's Body Shop, Davis Heating and Cooling, and by Apex Bank.